Wells, and you're listening to the Bad Boys Podcast. And just remember one little thing. You don't listen, I know where you live. It's like Tony's recording from a little from a tunnel somewhere. <laughs> far away. <laughs> Oh man, technical difficulties as always, but it's all good. We're here. Thanks, thank everybody for tuning into the Bad Boys Podcast. We're about to randomly rant on all things movies. I'm your host Fonzo, aka Mike Lowry. Joining me, not as always, as our co-host. He couldn't make it tonight, so but don't fear, yeah. don't don't feel bad. We got a special guest tonight. So, but tonight, my man MCP, what's going on, buddy? Yo, not a whole lot. Let's try yeah. to keep things together, keep keep the duct tape on all the part, moving pieces. <laughs> no kidding, for real, yeah. Like I said, lucky enough to get a special guest. We were lucky enough to be on this podcast last week, the After Midnight Podcast. Mr. Oh, hi, Danny Louis himself. Oh, hi, guys. How are you? Yo. <laughs> we're doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us this evening. We appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, no, no. Pleasure was all mine. It feels like... Uh... It feels like I'm um, that little boy who's finally old enough to come sit at the uh, grown-ups table for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, uh, so you're just making it up to the big time now. There you go. You're just going to hear nothing but foul language, and uh, you're just going to be Paul. But, you know, welcome to the big table. <laughs> feels good to be here. Chair's, uh, chair's a little tough, but uh, – and plus one of the grown-ups uh, left when he found out I was coming. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was like, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, I don't know. It feels like – why, yeah, why would an adult be mad at a kid, you know? Like, if he's like just now an adult, my phone's going up. I hope that's not he's him. He's a seven-foot kid. That's what he is. He really is, yeah. So, like I said, no, hopefully everything bad boy, Harley, everything's all right. And uh, he um, he's he's having an operation done at a dick to me. So, hopefully everything <laughs> goes well. And uh, we'll see you soon, pal, buddy. <laughs> like I said, my man Danny stepped to the plate. He was a special guest anyways. He was going to be on here anyway. So, but just happens to be, you know, bad boy's. It's three of us, and this was before, but hey. But now we are the, what would be the, what would be a three? Is there a three comic book team? Uh, three Life Crew, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. you, you, you used that one last time on your pod. Which, is there a, what about a, a tag team? or a, what, what, like there been a three? Like Musketeers? Uh, the three? Freebirds. The, oh, yeah, go. Oh. oh, yeah, three Musketeers, see? The New Day. New Day, oh, see? This, so this episode is brought to you by Bootios. Grab yourself uh, a delicious box of Bootios. Have you ever had uh, those, Dick? No, I would never, ever <laughs> buy food from the WWE, or at least from their website. That's that's going a little too far. Have you ever been to a WWE event? Uh, many. I was, um, uh, if you, uh, just a quick plug, if you ever listen to uh, our boy Brandon Draven's uh, podcast, K-Fabulous Lucha Brothers, uh, for episodes uh, 97, 98, 99, we did a review for Survivor Series 97, the infamous screw job. Oh, and yeah, I just yeah. happened to be there that night. You were at that, you were there. I was there. I was sitting in section 112, uh, basically facing the entranceway. So we got to see, you know, Steve Austin. We, we got to hear the glass break and then see half of Steve Austin's glass break off. And then he kind of just had to nudge the rest to go through yeah. and. You know, we got to see Brett break some TV uh, monitors and all that good stuff. And when you say Screwjob, now MCP, he he was not a wrestling fan, and so don't be mad at him. But it, can you explain to him the Screwjob? Okay, so, so it's uh, a drink, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, much. a little bit of orange juice and a little bit of uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Going back on his word. So basically, it was supposed to be 
Brett was on his way out of the company. He was going to WCW. It was a done deal. You know, Vince had signed him for a long-term deal and couldn't come through on the payments. So he decided to let Brett walk, let go Brett of his contract and let him go to WCW. But the problem was Brett was still the world champion. And Brett didn't want to lose or at least drop the title in uh, in Montreal. And Vince told them, it's okay. We're going to have like a screwball finish. And uh, you could just give it up the next night on like on live TV on Raw. Uh, well, that's not exactly what happened. So during the match, they did a spot where, you know, like Shawn Michaels put him in a sharpshooter. And Vince told the ref to make, you know, ring the bell to give the illusion that Brett had given up. And uh, that's basically the screw job. And then, you know. Brett got pissed, destroyed some uh, some of the TV equipment around the ring, and then uh, in the back, you know, allegedly sp- punched Vince McMahon in the face. Oh, did he spit in his face too when he was on the he ring? He spit in his face too, yeah, yeah and yeah, spelled yeah. out WCW for the you know oh, the crowd right. in attendance. Yeah, he air wrote it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big time too, Tony. Like that had never happened before, right? Uh, well, it's happened before, but this is like, this is like pretty major. much like the most infamous one and it like pretty much turned the tide for like everybody because you know out of it vince was able to kind of like you know turn that into you know what would eventually become his heel persona on tv Mm -hmm. Uh, brett would never get over it he would go to wcw and you know bad luck would continue to follow him there because uh you know they they wouldn't know how to book him while he was there you know this guy was basically like the hottest guy in wrestling because of the whole thing you know and even punching out like (laughs) you know the most powerful promoter in the wrestling world and went to wcw and they just had him like doing jobs to like practically people that were the guys that were like low on the totem pole there and then you know i think eventually he um he had to take a break for something and when he was supposed to come back that's when his brother owen died Mm. uh so then he had to take more time off and then when he came back uh a couple months later that's when he got the infamous concussion that kind of like finally put him on the shelf for good damn and the bulldog died too that was his his brother-in-law or yeah his brother-in-law who um Went with him to WCW, and one of the things that you could say it's what happened in WCW is probably what you know did him in because uh, back then um, I don't know if you remember when uh, WCW brought in the Warrior to feud with Hogan, mm-hmm. and they um, um, they did this spot at one of the pay per views where Warrior like came out from like under the ring. So what they did was like underneath the mat, they had like a trap door and he would just kind of like cut the mat and then just kind of come up through there. Well, nobody told the wrestlers that there was a trap door underneath. So at one point in a match with like Alex Wright, you know, I think Bulldog took like a backdrop and landed like right on top of the door. Oh, at least sh- one of the bolts that was keeping like the door in place. Yeah. And it ruptured like a disc in his back. And because of that, you know, oh. he had to take some time off. And because of that, had to, you know, develop like a, uh, a morphine addiction. Mm. Um, you know, eventually he got cleaned up, went back to WWE. But, you know, because of all those years of like drug abuse, kind of took his toll and, you know, died from a heart attack, like on vacation. So, Jeez. Like, a, like most of them, like most of them are from the 80s, right? Yeah. That yeah. cocaine's a hell of a drug, you know that. Absolutely, as Rick James would always say. Yeah, no, it's no cocaine's joke, uppers, downers, steroids. Yeah, all of them upper. Yeah, I think that scene. Remember that scene in the wrestler, Tony? Yeah, like I trying to sell him all those shit. Like that's yeah. yeah, that's when I watched the wrestler. It just felt like that was like the most 
legit like behind the scenes besides beyond the mat you know like an actual look behind the scenes and and, and just, just just like beyond the mat was such a downer to watch you know it was mm-hmm. like uh-huh uh, yeah you know like beyond the mat was like you know they try to give you like a nice positive story with like you know mick foley and you know and his kids and stuff like that but then they just kind of turn with like jake and his like you know crack addiction and mm-hmm. you know, leaving his kids and his you know his um his relationship with his father you know and then like doing the story on you know denzel's best friend new jack uh <laughs> i'm guessing you guys don't remember that no i don't i don't remember that i remember, i just remember the jake and then the foley but uh, so was new jack in the beginning i remember new, yeah new jack was they actually yeah. did a story on new jack so new jack was like uh at ECW, some point right? in the movie, yeah, he was in ECW, but at some point in the movie, he went for a um, a uh, movie audition. Oh, so shit. he went to go meet with like some uh, with like some casters, and uh, they were talking about how good he was, you know, like, and you could tell like they were full of shit, oh, you know. So like they were yeah. like, oh, you know, he's so good, he's got sex appeal and stuff like that, and then they're kind of like talking themselves down after. Well, he can't be a leading man, but he can be Denzel's best friend. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, he could be Denzel's best friend. And it's like, that's pretty much like stuck with him ever since. Oh, no. I don't remember that at all. Jeez, I have to watch that again. I remember, yeah, like you said, it's just being a, such a downer. Yeah. That that and, um, you know, apparently Vince is not like a, is not a, He's not very fond of that of that documentary, so they decided to do one of their own called uh, "The Mania After Mania." I don't know if you ever saw this. They they decided to record this uh, for the weekend of like WrestleMania 19. Mm. <laughs> so they basically follow Steve Austin for like what eventually turns out to be his last match. The guy has like an anxiety attack the day before. Oh. He's got to go to hospital for that. Oh. You know, Brock Lesnar nearly breaks his neck doing a shooting star press. Uh, Kurt Angle's neck is already like hanging by a thread at this, uh, <laughs> at this point. So like everybody in this movement, like in this documentary, is pretty much like. And, and not only that, I think the only positive one is like Rock. Yeah, and that's because he's leaving to go do movies. Right. <laughs> so it's like he's like, it's I know also, that guy. <laughs> it's also <laughs> pretty depressing to like watch that to, too. Oh, jeez, yeah, that's um, yeah. Uh, and then when Corny Cox came in in the in the ring, that was really weird too. That really set it all off. That was just a the scariest oh, part yeah. I believe. <laughs> and, and like luckily enough for her she got to be on WCW for like uh, a hot minute with her husband. She was, huh? When he was the champ. So he really was the champ. He held the title. He was the actual title. He holder. held the title for about I think two or three two weeks. And uh so they did the angle where like he wanted like on this kind of like wacky way where like he was pinning uh he was pinning – I think he won it by pinning like Eric Bischoff, right? Oh, so okay. like the next week, you know, he's – people don't want him to be world champion. You know? So like they, right. they do this vignette where like Courtney Cox is like at Nitro. Or no, like they're, she's on like a movie set because like they're filming um, uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Okay. So like Courtney's telling him you can't do this because, you know, you could get hurt and stuff like that. And they actually get like Kurt Russell to come in and like – what. And he kind of like laughs at it, and he's like, uh, and Kurt Russell comes in. I, if I remember, he comes in like with full What's Elvis, it, get full up, Elvis you know? gear. Oh, that's he's got like the the the, uh, the jumpsuit. He's got the hair done, and when like uh, you know Arquette tells him that he's world champion, like 
he kind of just laughs it off and says something and then like moves on. Oh, so wow. it was pretty funny. They got the, they got the, some good mileage out of that. That was for sure. Oh man, is that on YouTube? I have to look that up. Uh, if it's not on YouTube, it should probably be on the network. Oh, okay. All right. Because I, I remember that was on an episode of Nitro. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this just turned into the wrestling podcast really quick. But <laughs> we are going to talk about movies. Don't worry. <laughs> just dropping some knowledge on us, some WWE fans. So if anyone that were fans back then probably already know exactly what we're talking about or got some knowledge. Right, Tony? Yeah, my my brain's hurting right now. <laughs> Too much knowledge. <laughs> well, like Tony, so you didn't grow up watching this. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I know Fonzo would, clothes. but yeah, no, I was, I was. He'd watch that, and I'd go to video games or something. Yeah, one of my proudest moments was at San Diego Sports Arena. We watched a, a house show, and the house show was one of them that wasn't televised. Tony, it's just like you'd have a bunch of wrestlers, but it wasn't like you know, like a big pay per view event or oh, okay. this is this is pre Raw or SmackDown, and. um I believe the warrior was going to fight nails. You remember nails, Denny? Yeah, it was the uh, the uh, ex convict that uh, Big Boss Man had. First of all, that first of all, none of that made sense because was Big Boss Man like a police officer or a uh, prison guard? Yeah, that's because right. They would if say that's that. the case, Big Boss Man can't really arrest anyone and put them in prison. <laughs> he had handcuffs, though. He, he had, had a badge. Handcuffs. He had a nightstick. Uh, so, so nails eventually, you know, he's I guess. Uh, paroled from prison, and the first thing he did was <laughs> run to a WWE event with his jumpsuit on yeah, and beat up a, a police officer, quote unquote, the big boss man, like in front of 20,000 people. He was like Devo when he got out of jail, didn't have time to get dressed. <laughs> exactly. He just went right after him, like, I'm going to find you, big, I'm going to find you, big boss man. Yes, yeah, so I believe he fought him. And if you remember, if anybody, like Ultimate Warriors, like, he has probably one of the best entrance, best entrance music, gets you pumped up, you start hearing it, boom. We start hearing the music, so and he would just run to the ring, just haul ass, right? So, me and my my buddy David, who's not with us anymore, rest in peace. He, we were all the way up in the like we had like nosebleed seats, but but um, his dad didn't care if we just ran down to the rails where you'd lean over and try to tag the wrestlers because they'd always like do the high fives and everything. Hmm. So we were all the way in the back. We're like, man, we could just squeeze right in there. We can. We're right by the the entrance. So let's let's do it. So we'd run down there. Run back up the stairs, run back down every time the music. We, we try to predict when that match was over, so we'd be we'd be by the rails, you know, because we weren't there. They're in our, our seats, so we can't be there. Right. But I remember running down and uh, and then just seeing the Warriors. Like um, this is before. This is when he like got smaller. Remember when he was like super huge? Yeah. So this is like when he came back for the second time, and like, yeah, uh, we had shorter hair. This, that's when the, uh, the the Warrior is dead rumors started. Yeah. So then, um, he, I can see his, like, I can see his wrestling boots, like, from underneath the curtain, going back and forth, back and forth pacing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, there he is, there he is. They play the music. And you know, and if anybody knows the war, he never tags anybody when he runs down the ring. He just runs. He just hauls ass. So I'm like, I'm like, by my, on my waist, hanging on the rails. I'm like, hanging way, I can almost tag, like, another person from the opposite side. I'm leaning over so far, right? So, um, he's running, he's, he's, so the final music, he pushes over the curtain, he runs in, and he tags my hand. I was like, oh, the warrior tied my head. I run up the stairs and I'm like holding my hand. Like I won't even close my fist. And I'm like running up. I'm like, <laughs> I get up there and his dad's like, "What's up?" He's like, "Dude, the warrior tied my head." Like showing his like my hand, like like he left a print or something. And he's like, "Oh," and his dad's like, you know, like his cup of dip. And he's like spinning. He's like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> and my buddy David runs up. He's like finally cut up. He's like, "He's like, did you tag anybody?" He's like, "No." Warrior tied my head. He's like, "Oh man, that sucks, man." He's all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> 
because he got us the, he got me the ticket <laughs> him and his dad and I was like dude the war take my hand I'm like totally like, holding my hand the whole time like I want to close my fist I'm like never wash this hand again the war take my hand that was pretty that was a pretty cool moment because like the only other person we tagged were like I think it was these they were they were purple and star the Beverly Brothers is that right oh uh, Bo and Blake Beverly yeah yeah we 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 got to tag them hands and shoulders because they were like the bad guys and they didn't want to tag anybody but we were able to lean over and my buddy was like I got to tag the Beverly Brothers like. Pfft. Yeah, that sucks. You know, at least it was well, somebody. They're also you know? kind of like jobbers too. So yeah, exactly. They didn't want to do anything, so we just kind of take them shoulder. They look at you like, "What the fuck? Don't touch my shoulder!" But we were like happy. We we're like, Haha. "We pissed them off." But uh, well, the war—that was it. I got the war, and that was that made my night. I was like, "Yes, it was awesome." Well, the only time I ever got to like sit front row was for like a TNA house show here in Montreal, and it drew mm-hmm. like not even two hundred people. Oh. And and the only person who tagged my hand was like AJ Styles, but hey, you know, by that big. point I was already like in my late twenties and it's kind of like, wow, another dude touched my hand. It's it's not that special, you know? <laughs> what do you mean another person? What was the first person? <laughs> oh no, but it's like but by, by that by that point, you know, it's like it's just right. another dude. It's like yeah, okay. exactly. It's yeah. Be, it'd just be like a random person just slapping my hand right the street and be like, okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, but now he's a big player now, right? Uh, he's a big player now, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, we got uh, uh, Scott Steiner jaw jacked with my friend too. Oh, there cool. you go. That's awesome. And he jaw jacked with an old man in the front row. Again, you lost Tony again. Uh, yeah, all <laughs> these what? <laughs> oh, basically, yeah, jaw jack. He's just like yelling at some old dude in the oh, front. Okay. So basically, it's like uh, Scott Steiner is like this guy was. Uh, he knew exactly what to do to get heat that night. So they played his music literally for 10 minutes before he finally came out. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> and uh, when he finally came out, people just started booing the – am I allowed to swear in here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, they just booed the fuck out of him, you know? So, like, yeah, yeah. as soon as, like, he got close towards the ring, he just looked over and just saw, like, this one old man sitting there. <laughs> and he, you know, all these people that are yelling everything at him. He right. just made a beeline towards the old man and just started yelling at him in his face, getting him more heat on top of that. Uh-huh. So Maybe once people started getting into that, he just started going all around the ring, just practically yelling like nice. obscenities at everyone, you know? <laughs> so that took up like another 10 minutes. <laughs> and then they finally had a match with like uh, him I and I bet that Gunner. took longer than the match, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. It was like him and Gunner versus the uh, beer money. And I think that match went about 12 minutes, you know, and like uh, I remember we were sitting like front row, like right at the corner. So like yeah. Gunner was like practically right in front of me uh, in the corner waiting for a tag. Right. Nice. And I was just like out of nowhere because he was kind of blocking my view. Mm-hmm. I know people are going nuts and screaming. So yeah. it's like I just yell out, Gunner, you're blocking my view. <laughs> and the dude literally – Moved over to the next corner so I could see what was going on in the ring. No I way. I, I didn't even think he would hear me. Right. He actually did it. And I was like, thanks, man. And he just kind of like turned and like acknowledged and then just went back to what he was doing. Is that when you fainted? You look back and just fangirled out and just fainted? Uh, no, I didn't faint. <laughs> Dude had like a lot of back acne. That's for sure. Uh, that's that's way cool, though, that he did that. That's awesome. You know? And uh, who else was there? Um, uh, Earl. Earl Earl Hebner was there selling his uh, I screwed Brett t-shirts. Oh, wow. He's proud of that, huh? Oh, he's got to make money off it somehow, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Selling t-shirts for $20 a a pop. And we got to meet, what's her face? Miss Tessmacher? I think, yeah. What was her name? Miss Tessmacher? Brooke Tessmacher? I don't remember that. A lot prettier in person than 
than she is on TV. So yeah. give her that. And big titties go. too. Oh, they, that's always Tony blessed. hopefully understands that. Yeah. <laughs> Slater. <laughs> yeah. So Should have been able to wake up from that right now. Yeah, exactly. What, big titties, huh? What, what? Big titties? Oh, yeah. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. So I was, how do we transition from that? So I'm just going to try my best. But uh, there was a lot of trailers that came out this week. And uh, we pretty much Maybe saw there's some big titties in those trailers. Maybe. It? We'll get to those. Yeah. I think believe there's some green ones in there. And uh Maybe some more. We'll see. But I think there are four major ones, right, Tony? Where were they? Um, well, we had the um, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. We had a Baywatch. We had Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Spider-Man. All right. Well, let's start off with uh, the big titty one. Uh, obviously, that's, that's no way around it. The Baywatch one, right? The you guys Baywatch? saw it? You saw it, Tony? Yeah. Baywatch, yeah. Damn, even, the, even the dudes in those movies have big titties. Hey, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> right. so looking at you, Rock. Um yeah, what was your guys' first? Uh, or you guys? Are you guys? Let me ask you this: Did you guys watch the TV show? Nope, mm, not really. You didn't watch it. Okay, nope. I, I watched mean, it off and on, basically. Okay, I mean, so you know yeah. the premise. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would record it and then like fast forward through the boring parts. Gotcha. So you. When are we going to get that minutes. Baywatch Nights movie though? <laughs> that's what's most important. Hey, didn't they deal with the paranormal in that show? Yes, they did. That's that's See? why that show is awesome. That is fucking phenomenal. If this movie does well. We're gonna get Baywatch Nights, Ghost of Mystery. That's 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 what we're getting to. So, see, I heard about that, and I, so I was like, uh, if anyone's gonna know, it's gonna be Denny. So that you just clarified it for me that that actually happened in Baywatch well, Nights when it started. Were, when it started yeah. originally, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like that. It was right. just basically Mitch Buchanan doing like PI work, and right. I think for like the first season, he was just doing crimes and stuff like that. And I think it was like for season two or three because I think it only won like three seasons. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the last two seasons, that's when they cr- tried to turn it. Kind, more like into X Files, right? Instead of like it, a regular PI show. So was that when the show was? Were they both like at the same time? Or they were X-Files on at the same huge? time? Which, okay. like, logic wise, makes no sense because, like, when the fuck does like Mitch Buchanan sleep? Because <laughs> yeah. he's solving crimes at night and then he's working on a beach during the day. So, yeah. But that was the beauty of the Baywatch. He'd, he'd solve crimes like in like in the beach too. Like you know, there were lifeguards that like were crime fighters. Man, it was awesome. High speed, high speed pursuit chases on the. Oh, it was great. It was fun. So I'm guilty. I watched it, you know. Um, it was on, I don't know, CW or one of those shows. I don't know. I watched uh, it, you know. In Canada, we used to get it like up on like the ABC affiliate like Saturdays at like midnight or something. Oh, wow. You stay up really late then. <laughs> sure. So, okay. So then not knowing of the show, what did you guys, what are your initial thoughts on that trailer? Let our guests go first, Danny. What are your initial thoughts after seeing the trailer? Um, it looks like an all right comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rock looks like he's going to be uh, doing his rock comedy thing like you kind of see like in Central Intelligence. And I guess the same thing, too, for Zac Efron, uh, who's kind of – I guess his comedy career well, – comedy acting career is kind of taking off but also stalling at the same time because uh, Abers 2 and Mike and Dave weren't as big as they'd hope. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing at least – uh, Alexandra Daddario on it. Absolutely, someone had to say, "There you oh, go." And uh, I, I, I kind of laughed at the joke of her, like of um, her telling like Efron to kind of like look at her eyes or something like that. And yeah, you, yeah, because it makes it, it like you know everybody's doing it. So exactly, like the like, whole audience is doing. It. Call them out on it. Yeah, and it's calling them out on it, making it like it's okay. We know you're going to watch it for the tits. Come on, watch the show. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're not trying to pretend. Right. I mean, CJ, Pamela Anderson's character, I mean, she had a huge rag, so 
I mean, that's why the show was so popular, you know? It was running in slow-mo. And that's, I think that's a smart move, right? Making it a comedy and not taking it seriously. Uh, yeah, because there was... Well, even, like, kind of Baywatch itself... The, I, from what I remember, the show also didn't really take itself that seriously. Because mm-hmm. they would kind of, like, do certain stupid things. Because I remember even one time they even acknowledged... Um, um, it was like one time, like at the very end of an episode, as they were walking away, they kind of made a comment about like uh, someone was a fan of this German singer named David Hasselhoff, <laughs> and then it kind of like faded to black, and it was like okay, so then you know, it's kind of funny that way. But um, I, if I remember, I think this movie is going to open up directly against. Um, uh, it's got some big competition. It's got. Uh, I think it's opening up against Annabelle too. Mm-hmm. And something else during the summer. They all open on the exact same day. Oh, that's yeah. That's gonna. Be, I think yeah. it might be. I think it might actually be War of the Planet of the Apes. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. The summer. I mean, that's you know. I got I got a 21 Jump Street vibe from watching the trailer. You know, you get the um, you get the angry black police chief. <laughs> I mean, he was an angry like you, but he had the same role. I mean, that I mean that same. It's almost like that same scene. You know. And Cube's like yelling at him. Oh, and, and I guess the little joke with uh, Zach Efron at the end of like when he was like, uh, "What do you mean, you people?" Yeah, because like the chief was t- they were I think they were talking about like doing um, lifeguard investigations or something like that. Yeah, and he was like, "You people can't do that." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, what do you mean, you people?" Yeah, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Right, he's like, right. you t- "You're not tan." He's like, "What is that? You're too tan, or you're not?" Ta- what do you say? Just because you're tan doesn't mean that's you can it. say it. Yeah, yeah, you don't have dark skin; you're just tan. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it looks funny. I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about it. You know, I'm not gonna like rush to the theater to go see it. Like, if I catch it, I'll catch it. I'll see it. Um, it but it, it does look funny. You know, like what, what is interesting? Like both of them aren't like um, they have done some comedy, but none of them are from like with a comedy background. Like the dude that worked with Twenty One Jump Street is you have Chan Tatum. We hadn't really seen him in comedies, but Jonah Hill is creating comedies and can ad lib like crazy. So you can always fall, you know, back on like a, like a comedian or you know, comic actor. And then, but you saw Chan Tatum, he pretty much nailed it. So like, okay, but with this one, you have The Rock and Zac Efron, who both aren't known for their com- comedy chops. You know, so I'd be curious to see how well they'll do. You might have to have some other actors in there that I can maybe you know. Oh, just to confirm, also, it's opening up May 26th up against uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, the new one. Yeah, okay. And Annabelle, too. Yeesh. That's going to be rough. That's it. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Who knows? Maybe people will be curious to see it, you know? I mean, it is Pirates, what, 5? Pirates 5. I don't even know what it's called. I I tapped out of Pirates pretty early, like like, probably halfway through the first movie, so. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's Pirates Dead Man's Chest. I think that's what it's called. Uh, Yeah, no, Dead Man Tell No Tale. Tale. That's it, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't remember what the last one did, but I mean, mean, they must still be making money because they made a fifth one, so. That, uh, you know what, but with that being said, I think it's been like a long while since the last Pirates movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So that kind of would help Baywatch a little bit. And, you know, people are getting a bad taste with, you know, maybe a little too overexposed to Johnny Depp. Because uh, everything he's been touching lately has been turning to shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're curious to see. Yeah, I mean, people, um, you know, you get you get pirates. Look at that. Get- I just caught a flash of, because um, The Rock was in uh, Central Intelligence. 
Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. The little short dude. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> He's in the short dude in this one too. I see him in the in the trailer. In the Baywatch trailer. Kevin Hart's in the Baywatch trailer? He's he's in there. I was like, uh, let's see. And about a minute and a half into it. Oh, wait. He's like a little cameo? Yeah, he's got a little cameo in it. Oh, shit. Look at that. He did him a little, like did a little favor. Well, they're, right. they're, they're doing another movie. They're doing Jumanji together. Dang. Yeah, so it looks like they're really trying to break into the uh, comedy world. It looks like it's probably going to be a big summer for Rock, too, because he's got... Uh, Furious uh, 8 coming out in uh, in April. Yeah. Oh, did you see the title for that new movie? Um, did you see what they're titling it? it? The Fate of the Furious. Yes. How do they not have a number 8 out of the F? How do they not, um, do that? How are oh, they not doing that? Well, you, you got to call them up and tell them, uh, tell them, yo, Vin Diesel, this is what you got to do. <laughs> like you guys really oh, this um, It's a hashtag. It is? Hashtag F8. Yeah, see? Oh, so Vin Diesel's up to date. He knows He's already new. Yeah. God damn it. F you, group. Um. <laughs> Speaking of group, let's move Speaking on to the group. next one. Hey, what were your thoughts real quick? What did you say? Hey, it's all right. Yeah, it, okay. it looks like it. I like when when comedies kind of acknowledge that they're going to be stupid about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I can stomach it. You know, it's like, okay, fine. You're not, you're not trying to pretend you're so serious. And then, you know, things are comedic. Um, they acknowledge it. So it's cool. I, I, I I'm not going to rush out to the theater cause you know, it's not big enough. It's, there's a few explosions, but I'm like, there's the, yeah, there's no way the whole movie has it. So it'll probably be a rental for me. Okay. So then, uh, guardians of the galaxy volume two also premiered that oh. I'll be in the theater for. That one, you're all over that one, huh? Yep. I will be in the theaters for that, too. I'm just... I'm not still sold on this second movie, though. It looks all right, but I'm what's, not I'm not too hyped for it just yet. What's What do you think is holding you back? What do you think that's... I don't know. I don't think we've seen anything like... I haven't seen anything that spectacular in the trailers thus far. You know, we just saw like and that's um, a good thing though, because if well, you no, see too much spectacular things in the trailer, you're, you're, it's going to get ruined for you when you watch the movie. Well, here's the thing: I, I was talking about this with a friend the other day because he was talking about how it looked amazing. And I was just like, nah, and he and he said the same thing: it's a teaser trailer or whatever for the time being. Yeah. You don't need to see something amazing. And my argument was, you kind of do because. Do you, okay, so you remember like the first official trailer for The Force Awakens. They didn't reveal anything really in that movie, but the selling point was the Millennium Falcon at the end. Right. And that got everybody hyped. So I was, I'm thinking more along the lines of you could just throw a little something out like that. They did. Just to wet people out. Yeah, uh, they showed Baby Groot. <laughs> but we saw Baby Groot at the end of the first movie, so. so we, pl- we saw Plant Groot. Baby yeah, movie. but it's a seedling. He was like, <laughs> that, that motherfucker's a brat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't push that button. I root. I but Baby Groot wasn't enough to sell me on this just yet. I, I, I'm like, even okay. The the thing with what him, you got against baby trees, Danny. What's up? Um, they don't provide <laughs> enough oxygen just, just for me, at least. But okay, the thing with him running on the ramp and then like attacking the dude was like, it was okay. Yeah. And even the thing with Rocket was okay, but it's not like enough to be like, oh man, I got to go buy my ticket like now, you know? Yeah, but you already sold though. You said you are going to go see it already. Though I'm sold because I was such I, I like I like the first movie a lot. I was I, you know to me like the first movie was like 
uh, was watching that first movie for the first time was almost I get I would I would equate it to watching Star Wars for the first time ever. I said that on the podcast. Remember, Tony? Yeah, I said the exact same thing. I was so beyond hype after that movie. You're right. I mean, it was the same way. It's like a breath of fresh air. It was something new. Yeah, I was, I'm totally with you. That's what I'm saying. They could have just had the font that said Guardians Galaxy Volume 2, and I'm already there. I was already there, you know? We, I went to go see it with a friend of mine, and when we walked out of the theater, I was like, this was basically, they just did Star Wars better than the prequel tr- uh, trilogy did. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was yeah. like, it was so, it was so fresh, and, you know, it was funny, it had action, you know, um, Chris Pratt was like, uh, he was basically like Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rolled into one. You know, sure. he was yeah. he was likable. He and, and he's he's the kind of like like in that movie he's kind of like uh, he's like good looking enough, but not threatening to other dudes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, the women will like him because like he's hot, and dudes will like him because he's relatable and they will want to go out and, like have a beer with them. So sure. it's like okay, this is going to be like yeah, this. is... Chris Pratt's like a made man now. So Wait, are you describing yourself or are you talking about Chris Pratt here? What's going on? Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know people <laughs> describe me as Chris Pratt. That's for sure. <laughs> don't sell yourself short, Danny. Come on. <laughs> if that was the case, I wouldn't be on the show right now. I'd probably be out and gallivanting with uh, women how, across. How, how the do we know you're not going to do that afterwards? Or after <laughs> people hearing you on the podcast, you're going to be slaying pussy all over the place. How do you know? Uh, only one way to find out: come to Montreal and follow me around for a couple of days. Let's go. We we'll get the camera going. Well, that'd be the next uh, mania. Was it mania nineteen? Mania twenty? That'll be the next one. Yeah, <laughs> the mania yeah, after, after Bad Boys podcast. Exactly. We'll follow you around. We'll make it happen. Let's see. I mean, people do that all the time. They just vlog themselves, put their phone up here, and you're good to go, Denny. Uh, yeah, some people do that. I don't. So, <laughs> so yeah, Gar- I, I saw. Gar- I I was sold. Like I said, from the moment they started playing the music. They're introducing the characters and that joke at the end kill with Drax. I thought that was hilarious. Um, it was oh, just yeah. like seeing your friends again, you know, and like, and I'm with you talking, they didn't show me enough and I didn't need to see enough. Like I've seen that cool alien thing they're fighting. I'm like, that's awesome. That looks like that might be the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all teamed up. They're going to do a mission. And then maybe later on they'll split up again, you know, cause you see rocket with, um, Yondu. He's got a red Mohawk. He's rocking. And, uh, and we still have, you know, Kurt Russell's character, Stallone's character. He does cameo. I mean, you got, Bunch of other stuff too. So no, I'm sure that, we'll get more of that in the trailer. You know. Yeah, I guess ones. you're right. That's uh, I, I, I'm assuming there we're probably going to get at least two more trailers out of this before May, mm-hmm. and you'll probably get the reveal of one or at least both. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I'm of the opinion there where I don't want to be hyped for a movie based on a trailer. Um, it's because every time I do, it's it's it. I get I get disappointed in some way like it's just they they ruin something in the trailer or i saw it already in the trailer so when i watch it on screen i get pulled out of the movie because i go oh yeah i saw that in the trailer and then immediately snaps me out of the movie so i've i've i'm of the i'm not gonna watch the trailer if i know i'm gonna watch the movie i don't need the trailer and this and and this teaser like i knew i was gonna watch guardians of the galaxy volume 2 before the teaser even came out like yeah. I was a fan of the first movie. I was like, "Yep, this is a crew, and this is a movie series that I'm a fan of. I'm definitely gonna. I, I'm looking forward to the next one." And then the teaser came out, and it was perfect because it it was really short, gave you little glimpses of everything, so you could see that it's gonna be a big scope. You see the big monsters. You see the, the you know the the 
the space fighting and a bunch of fighters in there, like you know, those the swarm. And I was like, okay, it's still gonna have that big epic, you know, space feel, um, and it's gonna have a large scale to it. And then, it, and, but the main thing is that it brought back the characters that we loved from the first one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got Rocket starting off and, you know, you recognize his gravelly little voice and then, and Groot. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the team. You're like, good. At the end of the first one, you know, spoiler alert, that's the team that you want to see repaired because, right. because of what happened at the end of the first one. So, um, you get that right away. So it's cool. All right. They're back. Um, and you get little glimpses of all, of all the characters just being them. And that's, and you relate to, I, for me, I'm like, yeah, that's the team. That's, that's a team I want to see again. And then at the end, like you said, Fonzo, that joke at the end, I was dying, dude. I was on the fucking floor. I stopped it, rewound it because I needed my heart to stop again. You're like, I was laughing so fucking hard because just Drax is such a character. <laughs> and the best part is like, do me, do me. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so excited. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he's so excited to be embarrassed. You know, it's, it's hilarious. Um, and I think that was a, the pulling part for me is like, yeah, got the characters, all those personalities that were such a weird combination, but it worked for the first film. I'm down. You know, it's like I, I, the, the hype for me is more for seeing these characters again than seeing the visuals. And the trailers only bring in more plot and more visuals that I don't really want to know. You know, let the movie give it to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this, though, like at least for me, for the hype, though, hype does even like with. With trailers and stuff like that, the hype doesn't normally kick in till like we're getting close to movie time. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like a year before I wasn't hyped at all for like Rogue One. And I'm like a huge Star Wars fan. But now that we're like, you know, now we're literally days away. Mm -hmm. I'm like super excited for this movie. And it's because, you know, it's hard. It's tough to to be hyped for, you know, 365 days. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's yeah. so that's why it's kind of like i'll watch it and it's like okay it's still a few months away so whatever but the next time i might see it i could probably watch it in like two months from now and i'll probably start to get more hype for it then because it's like oh it's 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 close now you know mm-hmm. yeah that's true there is a time element for it yeah yeah i think it's premiered tonight actually Rogue one seven it's premiere yep uh it's all over star wars.com they're uh uh they got like the x-wing in the street um I think it should be underway right now because, uh, or at least maybe coming out right now. No. But yeah, I think it should be coming out right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that yes. a joke? What's that? X, he said X week in the streets and I thought Millennium Falcon in the sheets. Was that, <laughs> was that a joke? I was waiting for something. Oh, see, you didn't have the drum roll sounder. See, <laughs> right. you didn't know you were joking. See, it's hard when you MCP jokes. Yeah. It's hard when a robot jokes. We don't know. We don't really know when he's joking or not. That's the problem. All right, so yeah, cool. So long, Guardians, and then was War? Okay, War of the Planet of the Apes. Did you, now, Tony? You didn't see this. Um, I are you, are you avoiding it? What's going on with this one? Uh, no, I, I did watch it, okay. um, but I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I actually <laughs> just watched it I in, in silence. It. Gotcha. Um, and it, it, it it was alright. Are right you a fan me. of the other two? I was a, just a just a I was a big fan of the first one. The second one was like, eh, it, it was good, but. It lost me a little bit because I think the the first one, the magic of him becoming Caesar was really, really big. Right. Um, and in, in the second one and then this one, he, he's already there. So it's not as impactful for me. Um, and uh, and watching this trailer, it looks good. It looks like it's going to like the, the, the graphics are, are just are spot on. They, 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 this movie series 
has it shows you his character and it's convincing that he's there like it's it doesn't you you it's, it looks real right. um so i think that's always the biggest selling point for me is just how well done the the visuals are what are you denny you just watched it today I just watched it a few minutes ago, right before we uh, recorded. I liked it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, hopefully, if it's uh, if it maintains like the other two, hopefully Andy Serkis will get like an Oscar nomination for this. Finally, uh, you know the guy was robbed for, uh, you know, for the first two movies, and I thought and I love the first. I love the first two movies. I thought the first movie was it flew so under the radar. That like nobody expected anything from it, and you know it was a big hit. Uh, Franco was good in it. Uh, Lithgow was good in it. You know, and like it, it, it pulled like the it pulled so many heartstrings mm-hmm. at the time. And, and then going to see the second one, and it's like they the way you wrap it up, uh, ramp it up, and and you know I even read the um, the um, the uh, novel that was attached to it. Oh, okay. Which was like basically um, what happened between the two. Uh, what happened in between, but it was more focused on the character of Koba, who oh, okay. was basically the villain in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how he came to be and stuff like that. And basically, so you remember, like in the movie where he's talking about, like this is what humans did to me. And he's showing like the scars on his body, mm-hmm. basically showing how he got those scars. You know, like starting off at this place, like starting off in like um, a lab. Moving into something else, then moving into something else, moving into something else, and then meeting, you know, Caesar at the um, at the um, at the little uh, rescue place mm-hmm. before you know, like they got the chemical to be released, and then they all became smarter. Right. So the book was pretty good, um, and this one looks pretty good too. Um, I, it threw me off just seeing like Woody Harrelson in this movie. I didn't expect him to be in it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it still should be good. Uh, yeah, hopefully. He played a good villain in. Uh, remember that movie, Out of the Furnace. With, uh, uh, that's the one with Chris Bale, Christian right? Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty decent. Yeah, he was good in that, and I and I, I think I was like Woody. Like when he's in the movie, he performs, man. Like he, I don't think he ever disappoints, you know. So just seeing him in there, he's like shaving his head. He just looks evil. And uh, I, I, yeah, I think this trailer which worked for me. Just seeing like imagery, you never, dude, fucking grew on a horse, like ape on a horse, and he's got a gun on his back. You know, he's just walking slow-mo and, like, there's that one shot where, like, they're teamed up with the humans. Or, like, they're shooting off some huge cannon and they're shooting a bunch of other soldiers. Just, like, I mean, the title, is, like, huge font says war. So, I feel like this well, is fine. We're going to get I'll tell the, you what, you know, what we're did grab me was, was the visual of, of, of uh, Harrelson pointing the gun at, like, Caesar's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 that That's something that grabbed me. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's getting real now. Exactly, yeah. Because, I mean, right, you don't. Yeah, humans, he'll have like guns or clips and he'll, you know, or knives, but with him, it's just, he just looks bare. It's just him right there. They, I mean, I know he's strong enough to like beat the shit out of him, but like, if he's surrounded by other guns and he can't do anything, it, it frightened me. Yeah, it was almost like, you know, like, like having your pet being like, you know, being threatened by somebody, you know, or like a, like a kangaroo choking out a, a dog. What are you going to do? You know, you can go run up to him and punch him in the face, like, you know, like that one guy did, like, um, yeah, that that scene for reals. Yeah, it was a really cool shot seeing that, and I think I'm excited from. I, I I've liked the first two. I like the other two movies still. This is really, and I think Matt Reeves is directing this one too, which I did. He directed the second one, so um, yeah, I'm all in on this on this trailer. I was I was blown away. I I like what I saw. So I think um, when does that when does that come out? Is that in that 
busy summer schedule as well, too? Or let me just check it out. I'm curious because um, 2017 is looking pretty good. I mean, might be the year of the apes because Kong Skull Island's coming it's out. It's due out July 14th, uh, 2017. Okay. Yeah. See this because I don't know about you guys, but this summer is pretty. Pretty lackluster as far as movies, you know, or blockbusters. Um, I wouldn't say that because, like, I'm still looking forward to you know, Furious Eight or Fast Eight or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Guardians and this, and I believe Wonder Woman is still coming out in June. No, I'm at this summer. Yeah, yeah, it's this summer, June 2017. Oh, that's something. 2016 summer that just passed, or 2017. Fonzo. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the past one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just taking 2016 as a whole. Like I guess, like just haven't really been blown away by some movies. Like I was like the year before, you know. Uh, you know what? I brought this up before. Like the the lackluster of the blockbuster during the summers. Um, when the best movie I saw all summer was Pop Star. Oh uh, man! You know, was like the <laughs> oh <song>. man! <laughs> The lackluster of the blockbuster. That's a, that's a nice ring to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I remember like year before just having so many, like I was having a hard time making my top 10, but like just having a top five. Huh. But this year was like, huh. And think about it. Totally, like, what's the one like you think of right away right now? You're like, that was my favorite movie of the year. You know? I, I, I barely remember what I watched last week. So. That's what I'm it's saying. It's still Popstar. It was, uh. It's still Popstar for you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, laughed so, I, I laughed so much during that movie. Yeah. And I remember going to see, like, um, Neighbors 2, and I did not laugh once during this movie. Wow. You know, um, I, I saw Nice Guys, but Nice Guys had some something. At, uh, uh, I, I think I told the story on, on another show where, like, um, was watching and about halfway into the movie, the fire alarm went off in the, in the, the theater. Oh, what? Oh, so we had to evacuate, and uh, I guess – the the guy who was running the projection also kind of had to evacuate and kind of forgot to like turn off the projector. So we were out there for about 30 minutes. So when we came back into the theater, the movie was still playing. What? So we're like, okay, we sat down, we waited, but the movie still kept playing for like another 20 minutes. And then it finally stopped. And then he basically rewound the whole thing to about 20 minutes before the alarm went off. Oh. So we had to kind of like almost watch the whole movie all over again. But by that point, it's kind of like, it kind of sucks you out of everything. So it's like, uh, it kind of gave me like a poor, uh, it kind of gave like nice guys like a poor rating. But I'll probably oh. have to see it again just to kind of I would like, definitely watch it again. Yeah. It. Yeah. I would, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's, that's not a fair set. No, you can't, you can't judge it on that. <laughs> I definitely give it a rewatch for sure. In fact, there's a there's a Robert Downey Jr. cameo in it that I just found out about recently. It's really quick. Really? Okay. We're going to have yeah. to keep an eye out for this. Keep so, an eye out. So, Fonzo, have you seen Popstar? I have not, no. Because I think I might just sign that for homework. You're signing that as a homework? As a, That's what I figured. <laughs> yep. If it's his number thanks one movie to, of the year. Thanks to Denny's uh, recommendation right here. Yeah. <laughs> I got to sign it now. Yeah. Oh, there's also a story attached to it, too, which you could also hear on another show unless you want to hear it now. Oh, is that what? Hey, you Mike sure is my friend. So when I went to see it, mm-hmm. um, I was sitting in the theater, basically in the front row of the aisle, and about just as like 
when the lights went down and just as the movie was starting, two people came in and just practically sat like two seats over me. And this was like the first showing like on a Friday afternoon. So it was like literally the theater was like practically empty and they had to come and sit like right beside me. And I thought that was weird. So when I looked over, I saw who it was. It was um, it was uh, Wynn Butler and his wife, uh, Regine Chassin from uh, The Arcade Fire. So like oh, no they're way. this uh, local, well, oh yeah, I did hear international the story. That's now. Right. <laughs> like they're like a, basically yeah. a local band in Montreal. Yeah. So going into the movie, as you're watching it, you know they're interviewing like a whole bunch of celebrities about like um, Connor for real and stuff like that. So they're interviewing Nas and stuff like that. Halfway through the movie, they pop up on screen, <laughs> and his wife starts doing the dance in the movie called the Donkey Roll. So once she sees herself doing that on screen, she jumps up in the theater and starts laughing out loud like it was the funniest thing she had ever seen in her life to the point where, like, I was, like, looking over at her. I was like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she 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 was thinking she was, like, a comedic genius or something. <laughs> <clears throat> Were you laughing? When she did it? Well, she was, like, only on screen for, like, literally a second. Right. You know, it's like you barely see her do it, but... The reaction comes from her when she sees it, and she just goes nuts for it. And it's kind of like, you know, wasn't that funny? Yeah. (laughs) But I'm guessing like she just popped for seeing herself on a movie screen. Yeah. That's oh, that's kind of cringy. I don't know. That's kind of like she almost like she wanted everyone to laugh at that scene, and owner should have felt weird that nobody else really laughed at that scene. Maybe she should have gone like in the evening time when the theater was more packed and it had more than like you know seven people in the theater, right? Because there was one old man who left like. Like twenty minutes in, after I think, like, <laughs> he tapped out. He's like, "Nope." Not I think he, I think he wandered into the wrong movie, right? And I was like, "I have a feeling this guy's going to probably leave." And like after, I think it was like a <laughs> dick joke or something. I just saw him like out of the corner of my eye, going out of the like on the staircase, going out the exit. Mm. Were you just like kind of like, "Oh, there's one." Yeah, were you, were, you, like, well, were you looking at your watch, like thinking, oh, "Man, he's standing here longer than I thought he would." Well, it's, you, you, when I walked in, you just like you know you notice people that are roughly your age or a little bit younger, right. and then out of nowhere, there's like a seventy year old man. Just I I love that. I'm always fascinated by that. If people are going to leave, and you know, it's like, well, we've already paid. Should we stay? I'm always just like looking around and seeing like, oh, look at these old people. Do they even know what they're getting themselves into? This movie oh, exactly. It's, it's like what know? what. Well, I'm thinking, what would have brought him to this movie in the first place? Is he like a huge like Andy Samberg fan? Does does he like? Dude, think about it. he's old too. Tonight? He's probably seen everything already too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's like the last thing he hasn't seen in the theater. He's yet. seen he's everything seen in the already. theater or something. I don't know. He was saving that for the last one. He's like, well, seen everything else. I don't really want to watch him again. Just I'll watch this one. And right, he said one big joke, and that's it. Done. Nope, it's happened now. I guess I don't really have to see this one after all. <laughs> he just does. Oh, you remember funny. those dick jokes from the 50s. They were much better back then. Yeah, exactly. He was like, yeah, these, these, these kids today, they just don't get it. No, they don't, they're not getting it. So, But cool. I, well, there you go. You just recommended a movie for us, and we're definitely going to be checking that out because it looks like Tony's going to sign it for the homework for next week. Yep. Um, so hopefully, what's up? I mean, if it's your number one movie of the year, and it's hard oh, to oh, oh, review comics, my, my number one movie from the summer, at least. Okay. Let's, okay. We'll say that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it that for sure. And then, so there was one more trailer. What was the other? Oh, Spider-Man Homecoming premiered on Kimmel. Kimmel's getting all the trailers because they're, I guess, ABC, Disney affiliate. They get them all. They had a bunch of, like, Spider-Mans come out. I mean, had the real Tom, the real Spider-Man Tom Holland come out and do, like, a backflip for him. And they introduced the trailer. 
and then Tony, I'm guessing you didn't see it, right, Tony? Uh, I didn't see it, no. Okay, did you watch it without sound at all? I'm about to. <laughs> I totally forgot I was supposed to. Okay. So as we all know, like, um, Marvel's, you know, they're letting, they're, Sony's letting, you know, Spidey come over to the MCU finally. Sony still owns the rights. We get it, but Marvel got to cast them and nice playing with the big boys. Like Denny right here with us tonight. <laughs> and, uh, Denny, what, what, did you see, you watched Civil War, right, Denny? Yes, I did. I saw okay. that in theater. That was pretty good too, yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. That was a good time. And then when Spidey came out, that was great. Like the trailer ruined it. He came on it. But still, it was exciting to see Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So now, here he is getting his own movie. And we see Robert Downey, Tony Stark's character, Iron Man in it as well. And uh, what was your uh, thoughts on uh, the trailer? I was so excited to see him in Civil War. Mm-hmm. And now that we've seen the trailer for Homecoming, I kind of wish they left it at Civil War. Oh, because I, I there was n- I was not impressed with anything in this trailer. We're getting another high school story again. Uh, we're you know part it's it's doing little things that already annoy me in certain superhero movies. Now I grew up reading Spider-Man comics as a kid. I still do to this day. Now one thing that we know about that I remember about Peter Parker being in high school was nobody knew he was Spider-Man. Not his friends, not his girlfriends, nobody. It was a secret that he kept to himself, mm-hmm. and it affected his life in, in, in many ways. The fact that we have a fr- his, uh, his friend, not only that, his fat friend, you know, <laughs> know that he's Spider-Man in this movie, it, it already just throws me off. I, I have, now I'm already, I have a feeling that we'll probably see like a fight scene with him without the mask on. Um, we're just going to see all these stupid little superhero movie tropes that are in all these movies. And it just kind of sucked me out of everything. So I'm already kind of thinking like, okay, I think Sony may have had too much power in this, this time. I'm, I, I think I might even uh, wait a while to see this before it comes, when it comes out. Okay. Yeah, I um, I, I like I said, I really enjoyed him in Civil War. I thought like the, the they did a casting like the kid is actually in high school. You know, he doesn't look like a fucking college guy like Garfield and Toby, so that's good. But like, I see what you're saying. Like, right, well, right to be fair, school. Tom Holland is in his early 20s, so I don't think he's in high school anymore. But he looks like he's 16. Yeah, <laughs> so he's got that going for him. Um, but I think what what I also like too is. Yeah, I'm afraid. What if are we going to see Uncle Ben die again? Or like, please, not again. I mean, we don't need to see that again, right? Not another origin story. That was one of the big things I I didn't like about the other ones too. Where yeah, every time Spider Man would fight, they always take off his mask. It's like, really, why do we always have to take off his mask? Like, fucking kudos to Deadpool for like keeping his mask on the entire time. You know what I mean? It's like why? I mean, when I read the comics and when I've seen him fight or everything, he was always had the mask. He was always in costume. You know, someone who's Peter Parker and he's doing his things with MJ or whatever. Um, so. We see him in this one. It was like, okay, what's different, right? We get to see um, a couple of villains too. Actually, we get to see Michael Keaton as a bad guy. That's in, that's very intriguing to me because I like Michael Keaton. I like the resurgence of his career he's been having lately, and seeing that costume, like having that like um, aviator jacket with the like kind of like the fur on his neck, just to give a little homage to the Vulture character. Because come on, to be honest, that Vulture costume is fucking stupid as hell. Well, don't forget also what always turned me off about the vulture was like he was obviously like especially like the original design he was obviously like he always looked to me like he was in his 60s yeah just so when he got someone who's like 
Peter Parker's age, especially like later on in the comics, is like in his twenties, and he's beating up a sixty-year-old man. It's it's kind of like, well, it's not that <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a suit. Yeah, that well, this suit looks menacing. Yeah, and and, uh, and and then you also see like a quick glimpse of like Shocker, like Joaquin Woodbine's character. But then we also see like I forget Donald Glover's in it too, and I wonder what his character is in. Because if you see that one quick glimpse of the trailer, you see him standing next to a guy with one of the um, guns like that. It looks like they're still using that. Um, he plays Lando Calrissian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all connected. I mean, they're all owned by Disney, so I'm almost be surprised if he is. I, I think I'm thinking he might be the first Shocker. I don't know. Um, I think I read somewhere that said uh, Bokeem was Shocker number two or something. So I don't know if like I think because we also have um, what's his name the the Tinkler what's his name uh, one of the characters is playing the I don't I don't I don't I, I never knew him from the Spider Man comics but. I'm yeah, thinking he's, I never heard of the Tinkler before. It makes me think of something else. <laughs> That's what I'm saying too. So when I hear his name, it always makes me kind of giggle. Um, but they're still using that alien race from Avengers. What are they? Because uh, uh, if you remember that, right in the beginning, you see that armed robbery scene, and they're using like alien technology. Oh, you're talking about Plus, the? Um, I, I know what you're talking about. I forgot their yeah. names. But. Yeah, I want to say Tesseract, yeah, but I think Shatari. The Chari. Yeah, Chitari. Looks like they're using their technology. Because if you look at that weapons they're using to break into that ATM or whatever. It's like they're using some kind of, you know, and I'm thinking that's maybe that's who the Tinkler's doing stuff for, you know. Well, it's or, a callback to, uh, wait a minute, is, is this going to be a callback to like a Marvel short then? I think so I too. remember Marvel doing a short with um, Lizzie Kaplan and that. Uh, uh, and with Lizzie Kaplan, yeah. They found something and, and they started like doing shit with like the alien technology. Yeah, because I was wondering whatever happened to those characters because they had that. I think if it was just a short, it was like, okay, but but they, they did the same thing. They used, they were using like one of the guns to, to, to rob eggs and things. So. But these, this look a little more advanced. Um, but I love that he's joking with them, and he's and then he's like, "Hey, you're not the real Avengers." But that's like the Spidey that I liked, you know, and I always enjoyed. Um, and just seeing him move quickly and the way he was moving, like some of the walls, I was like, I was totally digging that. That scene at the end with Spider-Man swinging and Iron Man next to it, it's like right off a of cover art. That, that just looks, that's just my inner geek is like, that's just awesome. Um, but yeah, like like I that when when I when the friend when like. I guess like the, that character is kind of like based off the Miles Morales Spider-Man um, comics that's out right now, where he's got a fat Asian friend, and he like I think they have a scene where like he drops like the Death Star, and uh, he did the same thing. The Lego Death Star just drops and breaks when he sees him. Um, that was one of the things too, like where there was that scene in Spider-Man Two where he's got his mask off and everybody sees who he is. That always bugged the shit out of me. The train like, scene. Like, yeah, it's like why the, does with- everyone get to see who he is? I don't like that. Why does everyone get to see? So like you said, right in the very beginning, we get to see his friend gets to know who he is, right? We obviously already know Robert Downey. Tony Stark knows. Um, and, and that's the worst part, too, because I was yeah. like, I loved Spider-Man 2 so much. And mm-hmm. I love that that whole sequence with the train. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, I, I think the whole point of it was just kind of like for like all those New Yorkers are going to keep their mouth shut. They're not going to yeah. say anything. <laughs> Especially Joey Diaz is really going to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> Start calling somebody a cocksucker on in the train and... All that stuff, but uh, uh, I guess that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, eh, I'm not too into these guys. Toby's still my guy. You really? You like Toby, huh? You, you I like, like Toby, e- I think. Um, emo dancing Toby, huh? Part three. Um, well, let's just say I was a fan of part two the most. Okay. Well, part uh, two is pretty badass. Uh, especially with the. The ke- I think what works is the chemistry between Toby and Kirsten Dunst in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't buy them in the first movie. I didn't buy them in the third movie. But for some reason, everything clicked with them in the second movie. And I bought into it. 
And that that was basically it. But they didn't do the upside down kiss in the second one, did they? Uh, no, in the first one. And then they recreated in the third one with, um, um, what was her name? Gwen Stacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right side side. Who looked yeah. very good as a blonde, too, by the she way. She did, absolutely. A- any woman that can outrun a T-Rex in heels, it's, it's hot. It's sexy. So, yeah. So, okay, Tony, you just watched it, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, I watched it in silent. Um, <laughs> so you didn't hear the music. You didn't hear, I didn't the, music, hear, you didn't hear the song. And that's what's interesting because right. – You uh, just heard our commentary over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, like that, that first opening scene with the, in the, ba- the bank scene, the bank uh-huh. robbery. I totally imagined him having those smart remarks, the, those the quick wit. Um, just he's moving fast, and I'm like, he's moving really quick. He's probably talking really fast too. <laughs> um, and so it seems like it could work. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rest of it, it was hard. You know, it was hard to to, to take it in without any audio. Um, I I didn't read the comics. I think I was only in it for the cartoons. Um, What's the so, Fox cartoon? The which one? Well, that was on Fox. I, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what channel. It's pretty much the only one people remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I grew up the, basically on the '67 uh, cartoon series. That the one with, with the Super Friends with Iceman and the. No, Firestar? no, that was in the uh, '80s. That was uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends with Firestar. Yeah, was probably yeah. like the the first chick I ever had a crush on. Yeah, I was like four <laughs> years old, but like. Uh, no, the '60s one was basically like uh, they would do like two little short stories, and it's like with the the swinging background music in the back. Um, that's where the theme like, came oh, from, right? Yeah, that's where the original TV theme came from. Yeah. Okay, and, so uh, the one that I watched was the animated series. Yeah, I think it was so, one on Fox with a kid that played uh, Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie with his voice. What? Yeah. <laughs> Greg from the Brady Bunch. The guy that played Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie uh, was the voice. No way. Yeah. Why I know that? I have no idea. I didn't I even know that, that cartoon. Yeah. I just like that cartoon so much. I remember. And I had to find out whose voice was. I was like, that's pretty. Cause, but I think he was like a college guy there too in that, in that show. But it was cool because yeah, like, they a- were introducing so many more characters like Carnage, Venom, um, they did the Venom saga. They uh, the, mm-hmm. the the series wrapped up on a technically on a cliffhanger. Oh, did it really? Yeah, because he never he he never found he never got to find Mary Jane. He was just going from dimension to dimension trying to find her. Wonder what I wonder what happened. Because she was uh, kidnapped, and remember, like uh, eventually, her her and Peter got married, and, and they did one of the tropes in, in animated TV series that I always hate, which oh. was. Um, married like at their wedding day like I think the Sinister Six came to attack so Peter yeah. had to change it to Spider-Man and fought them all off and you know she thanks him at the end and there's obviously like there's a crowd gathered there and she's like uh, and she tells him gee Spider-Man I don't know where my, my fiance is could you go find him and then she does like the most obvious wink in the world <laughs> you know and it's like in reality people would pretty much catch on to that like right away like, why did you just wink at him? Is, is he Peter Parker? Oh, man, you're Peter Parker. It makes sense now. No, no it's the same world that where Clark Kent puts on glasses and nobody knows he's Superman. Yeah, we're in that same world. Yeah, but he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't wink when he does it, you know, to make it even worse. No, he just curls his hair. <laughs> um, another thing that pisses me off about it, too, is the fact that, like, you know, so his friend is in the room while he's, like, he's crawling on the ceiling and then he's telling his friend, oh, no, no, it's just a costume. And he's like, no, I saw you crawling on the ceiling. It's like, 
how did his friend even get into the room in the first place? And if he was coming in from up there, uh, you know, little things like his spider sense would go off to tell him that somebody's in the room before he goes in. That his friend's there, yeah. Exactly. So it, but none of this Unless makes he was sense. like in a – yeah, because he goes in really slow. Like if he was in a hurry, like he had to get in there. You know, he's being attacked by the vulture or something. We had no choice, but he had to run in there real quick. But then even then, that's endangering, you know. Well, uh, right. Isn't the spidey sense supposed to be danger? And is his right. friend really a danger? Right. No, but his friend doesn't know he's Spider-Man. So it's not like – it would also indicate that like, oh, something's in there that I shouldn't go in for, you know. So he would probably kind of see his friend is in there and he'd think otherwise. You know, it's like he how wasn't did, like he wasn't calling did, from the door; he's calling from the window where you can see the back of him. Let, let's get look. Where's where's the manual for Spider Sense? We definitely need to look up this shit. <laughs> see how it actually works. <laughs> it's like how did Peter know to stick to the ceiling in the first movie when like uh, Aunt May came into his room uh, on Thanksgiving? Yeah, they just knew. Yeah, no. See, very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pumped for the movie though. I think it looks cool. I want to see it. Um, maybe I'll get more pumped as time goes on, but like right now, like this first trailer, I was, uh, I was very underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I, f- I feel just typical. It's just another superhero movie coming out. Not that, yeah. not that big of a deal. It's cool, you know, um, but not hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that new Fifty Shades of Grey trailer, then, right, boys? About time. <laughs> Did that also come out too? Uh, it's think it, it's from time. Uh, it's called Fifty Shades Darker. That's it. It's Tony though. See, he got the email. He's in the fan club. What do you think of that trailer, Tony? Uh, shit, I didn't actually Did watch it. Did you watch, watch the first one? They hardly made us watch it, right? Oh, the first movie? Yeah. You don't even remember? I don't remember. Trying to forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Harley chose it. I think it's. I would be chicken one to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. it. And because she wanted to watch it, you all had to watch it. Pretty much, yeah. Because she always gets pissed off with the crappy movies he picks. No, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think we watched it. You sure, it's not, it's not on the list. It's not on the on the site. I just did a search. Huh? Could have sworn maybe we did it. I remember watching it though. Are you sure? Well, if you did, we didn't write it down. Mm. Did you watch the trailer for the new one? Oh no, I didn't see it. No. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see it. So, okay, that's. I think that was all the four major ones, right? That's the four big ones, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into some movies. My man Danny saw a bunch of movies. Let's see here. Yeah, well, before we get to the homework and everything, I'm um, sorry, did you see anything else? I did not. Okay. So, yeah, Danny, you want to start firing them off, man. So, oh, real quick, MCP, let them know the rating system real quick. Right. So, uh, <laughs> it's tough because we don't have sounders. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh. You on your iPad? Yeah, let me see if I can find him on my iPad. Just turn that volume up. Uh, yeah, so we we uh, decided to make our rating system. Um, it's four. We have a like a four part rating system, um, and the lowest tier uh, is from Jurassic Park, and it's uh, Jeff Goldblum saying that is one big pile of shit. So that is the absolute lowest rating. Um, I have to write this down. Hold on. <laughs> That is one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. What's the second one? Alright, and the second one is uh, Anthony Kiedis. Uh, That would be a waste of time from uh, Point Break. That is one big pace of time? 
uh, that would be a waste of time. No, come on, Tony. Say it right. Say it like Keaton says. Hang on. I got this. Oh, man. I wanted that, you to say <laughs> That would be a waste of time. There you go. <laughs> I think I'd rather prefer the MCP version of it. <laughs> okay. All right. And then um, let's see. Then uh, the next one up is uh, I'd buy that for a dollar from uh, RoboCop. RoboCop. Yes, sir. There you go. I can't pull this up. No, I don't. I don't have it on here. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is that would be no no. Uh, what? <laughs> that is a fucking movie. Because <laughs> I, I, we always say Slater. I'm not right. used to saying the actual quote. That's true. Yeah. Oh boy, Christian Slater, true romance. Christian Slater from yeah, true moments. I got it. Cool. So whenever you're basically, ready, that is a yeah. fucking movie. Is is the tops is the, the top. bee's knees? That is correct, absolutely. Do you remember True Romance? You seen True Romance, right? Oh, I actually uh, I seen it, and not only that, I got to see it in theater oh. about so jealous. a couple of months ago. They were um, up. I don't know how it is, like other uh, maybe down there, but like um, Cineplex Odeon has like um, at least once a month airs like an old classic film, and then in February they do something called the digital series. So like every day they're going to play like a classic, you know, film on screen. So cool. like last year they had like a whole bunch, but I went to see that. I saw True Romance. I saw The Thing. I saw Big oh. Trouble in Little China. Oh man, Wrath of Khan. And what was the fifth one? Oh, uh, the Dark Crystal. Oh, like, nice. uh, and and not only that, they play them at like super discount rates too, so you get to see them for like five bucks. So uh, I got to see that. Uh, it was fun, and, and people go nuts for these series too, because like, uh, you know, it was like two months ago or something. People, um, oh, it was during the summer. Went to see um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, nice. You know, and not only that, but like. These this is a, these are movies that people have seen like many times and like the theaters are more packed for those movies than they are for current ones you know so like Raiders got like a standing ovation at the end oh, wow. people were going nuts when we saw Rocky there you know they got into the like the fight at the end yeah. you know and women were swooning on top of that you know like there's um um even when Rocky like gives like feeds like Adrian his like his silly little pickup lines. The, the the women in the theater were going nuts. Hell yeah! You know, it's like they wanted rock. They wanted an alpha male in their life, not their you know the ninety pound <laughs> bearded lumberjack that came in with them. Who <laughs> wouldn't know how to see. Then you, know, you got to you got to cosplay as the people in the movie. Then you go home. I, maybe home. maybe I'm gonna start dressing up like Stallone with like uh, the fedora and the gloves fedora and have that ball. leather jacket. Absolutely, look him in that movie. <laughs> So um, that's like cool too. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man, it's great. I I think this. Well, since it's December, I think this month it's uh, it's a wonderful life. So gotcha. it's something that I think they play every year. But well, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll check it out. Okay. But uh, I'll tell you one movie I won't check out. Oh, and that's Neon Di- uh, Neon Diamond Neon Demon. <laughs> I saw that earlier this afternoon. Uh-huh. And you loved it, right? That is one big pile of shit. I'm going to start like, right, right out the Whoa. gate with Goldblum. Fuck this gold movie. Right quick. Damn. Now, this movie. All right, Danny, thanks for joining us this evening. We ran out of time. I'm sorry. We're going to have to cut the podcast off. <laughs> this movie is visually stunning. Absolutely. 
And that's all I'm going to say about it because <laughs> literally all I see on, on all I saw on screen were like beautiful shot after beautiful shot after beautiful shot. But like the story was so weird. And I wouldn't even say weird because I was able to follow it and stuff like that. But it was just so st- I don't even know how to explain the story anymore. <laughs> it's like the acting in it was just horrible. It was like literally high school level acting because people like you would have Elf Fanning saying a line and then there would literally be like a gap of like two to three seconds before somebody would respond. And then they would finish and there would literally be another gap before somebody would respond again. You know, and I would pop just like maybe seeing like Keanu Reeves, even though I saw his name in the credits. Yeah, I popped when he finally came on screen. But like movie needed more Keanu. The movie just needed something. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but it was just horrible. Um I thought El Fanning was good and I thought Jenna Malone was great and there there you know I enjoyed I shouldn't say I enjoyed. Oh, but I, I, said I thought you can't he, take it back. That's it. You already uh, said enjoy. The 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 the, 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 the steamy scene between Malone and the uh, the corpse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Was right. pretty so damn think- good. But like the the other model friends, the horrible. Oh, we got a sounder here. Hold on. No, what no, that's a pause. Oh, <laughs> is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! It was like, uh, um, it was just weird, man. I, this is probably one movie I would never, ever, ever watch again. Um, I don't even know. Like I said, I don't even know how to explain this movie anymore. She's like so. <laughs> Basically, the premise is she's a model, but she's underage. So she's got to start lying about that. And everybody's jealous of her because she's naturally beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she's got her, I don't know what he is, her loser boyfriend slash uh, photographer who this kind of messes me up, too. Right. Because he knows that she's 16 years old and he's still pursuing her. Hey, he's just he's just patient. Patient, bro. That's that's like your that's like two years worth of patience. That's a little too much. Right? It's either like, okay, well, I'm gonna bounce. I'll call you. I'll call you in two years from now. How about that? Then he has um, no patience. Well, first, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be trifling with 16 year old girls. First of all, you know that's. that's I'm not. Totally, I'm not willing. Totally to, territory. Yeah, I'm not willing worry. to go to jail for for something like that. But. Uh, um. Yeah, it's it was just so wacky that you know, like I, they they, and then they, and then one of the girls can't stomach it, so she herself, and then the other person, I guess she just gets all the glory after, which makes no sense. It's like I thought they were doing this. I thought it was going to be a blood sacrifice to kind of like, I don't know, keep them young or something. I didn't think they're just going to be like, oh, we're just going to eat her and uh, then we're going to take her jobs, which seems kind of stupid after. You just should have just killed her and that was it. Left it at that. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, it would keep like make them young, too. Right? Well, I mean, you know, like they, they kind of yeah. hinted at that at the end that, you know, they chose the girl who was able to her uh, to be the lead when they were just glossing over her before that day. Yeah. But the whole point of them doesn't play into effect after 
Well, that's like, what I mean. I, it, it did because the guy, that photographer was just, he didn't even pay attention to her. But now that she's here, now he paid attention to her. Now he wanted her, he saw her, and he wanted to be in, in, in the main, the shot. Yeah, but for all he knows, he doesn't know that they actually Elle no, Fanning No, it's just something happened. Like there's something in her that I that he sees that he. But I was I was anticipating I was I was anticipating was, something supernatural to it happen. It was lackluster for sure. Yeah. yeah, she just you know like she threw up and she ate it and you know wow tickle tickle <laughs> what 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 good does that do anybody and what the, what becomes of Jenna Malone at the end too because they kind of left that like. Yeah, that's true. That's in the end part two. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Count me out for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie's a pile of shit. If I'm going to give it a rating out of 10, I'm going to give this uh, a 2 out of 10. You can't make up your own rating system. You already, already said Goldblum. Okay, so I'm going to give this a Jeff Goldblum <laughs> out of 10. There you go. <laughs> there you uh, go. I'm going to follow this up with another movie I didn't really enjoy all that much, uh, and that's Don't Breathe. Uh, this one is probably um, – I would probably say that would be a, a waste of time. Um, it's kind of short, so I'll give it that. You know, It's not going to – actually, I, I shouldn't say that because I'll say this. The movie's about an hour and a half long. And I would probably say this is probably the longest 90-minute movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Because it, it got to a point where it felt like it was never going to end. Oh, man. And I'm going to attribute that to probably the casting of the three leads. Um, you have the, um, uh, the fake uh, Nick Jonas dude who's like the, uh, uh, the alarm hacker for everyone. Um. The girl and her, I guess, I don't know, gangbanger boyfriend. Sure. Mm -hmm. So neither of them are very likable at all. You know, and I didn't really. Here's the thing. I didn't even uh, towards the end of the movie. I did not even want to see the girl succeed. I wanted to see the old blind man just fuck everyone up. See, I think that's keep his money and just move on with the rest of his life. From the trailer, because I haven't seen it yet, um, but the, the trailer, that's what it feels like. It feels like they're going to make you want want side with the with the bad guy in this one. The yeah, but the trailer, quote. yeah. Right, because they're well, breaking into an old man's house, so you're thinking like, yeah. An old blind man's house on top right. of it. Right. right. <clears throat> but then it goes into like this whole... Um, are, do you Will plan on seeing this, Tony? Um, yeah, I plan on seeing it. Yeah, don't spoil Okay, so it. I won't reveal too much more after. Uh, So they break into the house, you know, they find out basically that he's got, he's sitting on about $300,000 from a settlement from a rich family whose daughter killed his daughter in like, um, in like a drunk driving case. So they go in and, you know, he just starts picking them off one by one because even though he's blind, like they cut. They allude to the fact that he's like a, an Iraqi vet, but they don't take into effect that you know he's been blind since then. So he, you know, you're taking a guy who's been in his house for about 20 years, probably left it very, you know, not too often. So he knows the layout of it. He knows exactly where to find anything, and his ears are very attuned to everything. So he could hear, uh, you know, a wood creak on the other side of a room. So he's going to know somebody's in there with him. You know, so he takes, you know, 
it's basically just a battle of wits. They think they're going to get away because he's blind. They could outsmart him, but you know, the guy's you know strong as fuck, and you know can hear everything that goes on in the house. So, and then it leads to something else wacky in the in, in the thing, and it 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 becomes a little tasteless towards the end hmm. because there's something else happens, and it's kind of like I kind of I think they do it to kind of change the audience's opinion of the old man by reversing that now you're supposed to you're you're now supposed to root for the young girl to get away gotcha and it's it just kind of seems like very cheap at the end and it feels like a waste of time hey, hey. All right. so i wouldn't even i wouldn't even recommend anybody watch this like i said it's it's a waste of time. I, if I would rate it out of ten, I would give it a five. Sounds about right. Um, next one I saw was uh, the Shallows, and uh, actually, I, I this it was it was good. It wasn't great, but it did start to pick up towards the end. Once uh, you know, once Blake Lively was starting to. Uh, I guess kind of fight back against the shark. Yeah. Um, first of all, Blake Lively is fucking gorgeous. Um, this movie, like she, you know, I just love the fact like she's on the beach and she she zips up her little, you know, uh, surfing uh, rubber jacket or whatever it's called. Right, the wetsuit thing. The wetsuit and like she just zips it up enough for her titties to be hanging out. <laughs> uh, so she, you know, so she goes swimming. Um, I guess she had, at some point she goes a little too far out and she's like a dead whale or something and something happens where she has to get onto it and that's when the shark comes and you know something happens I think like shark bites her leg and then she steps on some coral reef and she's basically like stranded on a rock for like most of the movie but if she has to get off the rock eventually because high tide is coming and you know Water level is going to rise, so she's going to have to. She has to try to make her way off to the um, the buoy or buoy or whatever it's called. Yeah, buoy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> you know, she does that, and it's you know at the same time, you know, like the shark is getting smarter and smarter to whatever she's doing. So, you know, she eventually has to fight off the shark, and um, and it seems weird because like for a woman who who's stuck in sunlight for, I guess, well, I guess it's not too weird because she was only there for about a day, but like she's stuck on a rock in sunlight and like nothing really changes for her. Like she, her, her appearance doesn't really change that much. You just see maybe like her lips start to dry out a little bit. So it's like, okay, maybe they could have done a little bit more, but you know, the action towards the end was pretty good. Um, and the movie was kind of short too. I think it was like what, two, uh, an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't that uh, wasn't that bad. So I'd probably uh, I'd buy this for a dollar. I'd probably buy for sixty cents. But let's you know, just to be honest, but I'd buy <laughs> sure, this for a sure. dollar. Yeah, we don't have that sound, unfortunately. So there you go. Um, let me just pull it up again. And then later on, I watched. Uh, I probably watched this about two hours ago. I watched the uh, Electric Boogaloo um, Canon film uh, documentary. Have any of you guys seen this? I have. Uh-huh. Okay. So this... I have not. Okay. Okay, so you're aware of canon films, right? Well, you're probably from the 80s, right? You grew up in the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, think I, was, I was young in the 80s. 
<laughs> okay. But you've seen some of these movies that they put out, like uh, American Ninja. You oh, know. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's basically a story about how these guys like put everything together. So you have like um, – these two is these two Israeli uh, family members. I, I forgot. Even, I don't even remember their names. Of the you know, uh, their cousins, and one of them is like a film director, and he was just making like these these schlocky movies over in Israel. I think one of them was called uh, Lemon Party or something. It was kind of like this teen sex romp. Yeah. So they make that, and they kind of start wanting to venture into like American films. And at this point, that's when they kind of like Canon Films is already kind of like up and running by this point, but they're not that kind of Canon films at the point at this point. So they buy Canon films and eventually they form a partnership with MGM and they just start putting out like all this, all these movies and they're putting out like, like 30 or 40 movies a year. And it's stuff like American Ninja, uh, Death Wish 2, um, Death Wish 3, Death Wish 4, Death Wish 5. They're putting out all these sequels but none of these movies are really making money. So in reality, these guys are like making like a ton of movies, but the company's not turning a profit. So they're basically doing all these things to kind of keep the company afloat by, you know, like they were talking about like how they would pitch the ideas for movies at festivals. So they would do like a um, a mock-up poster this is great. and sell the people <laughs> on the movie saying like the movie was done and basically the people are paying into the movie for like distribution rights yep. they would turn around they would take the movie from the distribution turn around and actually make the movie with that money wow they only had the poster it's like, it was like old school kickstarter yeah. and a lot of and a lot of the cases if, if they didn't get enough money they, they would never finish the movie so yeah. they actually have a lot of movies that never got uh, that never got completed you know, and they would come up with like the notion that they needed stars in the movie, so they would start using some of these like old name actors, like Pier- uh, not Pierce Brosnan, what's his name, Charles Bronson, um, you know, Chuck Norris, all this stuff. Uh, basically, they were the ones that kind of established Chuck Norris first with you know Delta Force and Missing in Action and stuff yeah. like that. But then they started kind of moving off into a different way, so they started talking about American Ninja, and I think American Ninja was actually supposed to be a vehicle for Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to put on a ninja mask. So <laughs> that's when they had to come up with like another concept. So they eventually, you know, um, they uh, casted Michael Dudikoff in it. And, you know, eventually they started talking about how towards the end when things started kind of like tailing off, they wanted to create a brand new star. So that's where they, some, they came up with the idea for Cyborg. And it was supposed to be a vehicle for somebody else, but then they eventually brought in um, Jean-Claude Van Damme because Van Damme had like been waiting at their offices one afternoon trying to get a meeting. And I guess when the head guy came out of his office, he he did like a, a spin kick in front. He did a roundhouse kick in front of him. So they gave <laughs> him a I movie do. deal. <laughs> they gave him a movie deal out of that. But apparently, Van Damme was pretty hands-on with like a lot of the stuff for Cyborg. Well, like uh, the editing and stuff like that, knowing like what shots to use. So yeah, kind of like... 50 million roundhouse kicks in that movie. Yeah, so basically he was like... They said he was like in the, the business of, you know, building Van Damme and not like in making a good movie. Right. And stuff like that. So eventually it leads to the whole downfall of the stuff. But it's such like an interesting story and like... Yeah. Those guys um, are the great salesmen, man. They're just great. Yeah, and like talking about like other movies that they put out like, uh, you know, Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, Masters of the Universe, they get into that. Yeah. Uh, over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of stuff that, like, 
I, just watching this thing just took me back like right away and remember seeing it for the first time and always oh. remembering that Canon logo at the beginning. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, eventually, so it leads to the split up of the two cousins and eventually like, um, um, they, they, they both venture off and open up their own, um, distribute like, uh, film companies. And apparently their first project was the Lombada movies. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this, like back in the eighties, late eighties, uh, maybe even early nineties, the Lombada was like this big dance craze at the time. It was like this little Brazilian dance and stuff like that. So they decided to, what do you mean was they're still doing it right now? What are you talking are about? They, <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. I haven't been to Brazil, so I don't know what they're doing down there. Going to a club but, tonight uh, after this. <laughs> so they um, they decided to make a movie on this, both companies, and they decided to kind of like rush it out to kind of like for one to beat the other. And they actually both put out the move, their movies like on the exact same day. And it was so weird. And, of course, the movie didn't do anything because like by the time it came out, like, Nobody gave a fuck about La Plata, you know. <laughs> but it was a pretty good movie. Uh, it was a fun documentary. For I would sure. buy that for a dollar a lot. Mm-hmm. And my final review is uh, another documentary that I've been waiting a long time to watch, and that was the Oasis Supersonic uh, documentary that came out earlier uh, earlier in the uh, about a few months ago. Um, have you guys have seen this? I have not. No. This is the documentary on the band Oasis. That is correct. Okay. So I grew up, at least my teens. I was a huge. I still am a huge fan of Oasis. Okay. Um. So, but they're not together, cons- are they? No, they're not together anymore. They broke up in two thousand and five, or I think it was two thousand five or two thousand seven. That's when they put out their last album out, and. Um, there was another huge fight between the brothers, and then Noel just eventually just left the band, never came back. So the band just continued on as a four-piece for the rest of the tour, and then just, you know, the remaining members eventually just changed the name of the band to BDI. So yeah. that became officially like Liam's band, and Noel just became like a solo act. But eventually BDI now is done too, so Noel is still succeeding with his solo act. Liam's just, you know, doing whatever he's doing at the time. But basically this movie is about their rise to fame. Okay. So these guys got together in around like 92, 93, you know, Noel was like, um, a roadie for another band, uh, in Europe at the time. Liam had just formed the band with his friends. So Noel, I think he, (laughs) They're not very, um, they're not very upfront with this. But he either left his job as a roadie, or most likely he was fired from his job as a roadie mm-hmm. for being a little too. Um, um, people were saying that he was he wasn't very um, professional at his job, what he was doing. So eventually, he comes back to Manchester. Finds out his brother's in a band, you know, listens in on it. Brother asks him to sit in on a few of the um, rehearsals. They start jamming. Noel starts coming up with songs. So eventually, you know, they form the Oasis band. And then a few months later, they get a a deal from Creative Records. And then, uh, you know, it starts from there. So, you know, they're starting to build like a rep 
locally about being like a bunch of misfits at the time, but like the songs are good. And it takes a long time for them to record that first album because they couldn't get the sound quite right. But once they did, they just blew up, you know, so they're starting to tour like America and they're, they're talking about like how they were, um, they were doing well in England and then they got a tour in Japan. And when they went to Japan, they were like huge there. You know, they said they came, they got off the, the plane and like, there were just girls waiting for them there, you know, like girls following them around like the whole entire time. And then from Japan, they went straight to America where like nobody knew who they were. Mm. And this leads to like Noel leaving the band for the first time because him and Liam have like a, a bit of a scuffle. So Noel fucks off to like San Francisco. Um, and then eventually, you know, comes back. But uh, at one point, like their original bassist also leaves because he's suffering from exhaustion. So they bring in this other dude who just accompanies them for their American like uh leg of the tour tour, and he leaves on top of that too because he misses his you know his chick at home or whatever so eventually they go back to england and they do like their first one of their first big gigs i think was at um main road or something they 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 do about like a 40 they do like a forty thousand seat arena and sell it out you know so that's when they start plotting out for like you know album number two what's the story morning glory they start putting it together Start releasing the singles. Album is, you know, it's just in the stratosphere. It gets that big, which leads to what the whole point of this uh, documentary is, is that they're doing two shows at Nebworth, which is about, it draws about a two night in two nights. They do about a quarter of a million people, you know? And then it starts going into the other little things, personal things like the you know the relationship with their father. You know, the father's a dick. You you would you would beat the kids. You would beat the wife. You know, and eventually, their mom would eventually leave him, take the kids, and he would never like chase after them again until they became famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they start to scro- when they start talking about that, and and you get to know how some of these like Noel and Liam are. And they're both in the documentary. They're being interviewed and everything. They're being interviewed, but they're never shown. Oh. So they're just doing voiceover. Gotcha. <clears throat> but it makes sense about why they are the way they are because Liam, you know, gets into a lot of fights. He's a very angry young man. It makes sense because his father was a dick toward him. You know, Noel is always very reserved, keeps a lot to himself, but he's very driven. And he's a guy who constantly wants success. And that that made a lot of sense for me because, like this, you know, the the fact that he wants the success, it's something that he probably wants to do to kind of like stick it in his father's face. Right. So eventually, the you know, pops comes back into the picture. Like after their their show at Nebworth, they're having like an after party at a pub. Their father just shows up, you know, saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'm here." He wanted tickets and stuff, like that. and then eventually he made up some story that like they, you know, Liam like threatened to kill him or something like that. And, you know, there was a bit of a showdown between them and, you know, eventually the father, you know, just fucked off and whatever. Uh, and, but the one thing I'll say about the documentary that I didn't like is that they kind of like, they went from that basically to the breakup and they left out like a lot of stuff in between because morning glory and all that stuff happened in the second album. They didn't break up until like their seventh album. So they left out like five albums worth of stuff Oh, wow. And not only that, but they, you know, the original band that they used in this 
in this documentary wouldn't uh, kind of be changed until like the next album. So they still like had another album worth of stuff to do. But this documentary was great. They pulled up stories that even I hadn't heard. And I've been listening to the band and following them since like 1994. You know, it's like yeah. they, they, they broke out stuff. Like I didn't even know Tony McCarroll had a daughter at this point. I thought he was just like, I knew he was the drummer. And, you know, there, there was reasons why he had to leave the band. It was either he, there's the rumor that like he left on his own accord. Then there's the other thing that Noel, you know, says he kicked them out. Um, and it's to, and kind of confirming this thing that Noel kicked them out because, you know, eventually he took the band to court, sued them for like uh, some millions because, you know, they were still um, making money off of his, uh, you know, off his work because he did at least one track on Morning Glory, you know, and then the rest was like the new drummer. So he took them to court for that. Then they were talking about like how um, other court cases would happen and people would want more money from them. But like and now things started kind of to like uh, the, the, the fun started to go away from all of this, you know? Yeah. They were talking about the part where they said they were better than the Beatles. Uh, no, but they did go into like a whole bunch of stuff of like that. They would eventually say like, you know, like no, like how the press would kind of like, Noel would or Liam would say something and the press would kind of like just run with it, you know? So Noel said something like on a morning show saying that like, uh, for him, taking drugs was as normal as, you know, waking up and having a cup of tea in the morning. <coughs> so the press had a field day with that, mm-hmm. saying, oh, look, this guy's uh, this guy's like a crackhead or something. But a <laughs> lot of – in most cases, it's right because they're talking about like um, one of their first tours that they did going over to think to like Amsterdam. They gave them like their um, their per diem. Which is supposed to be like for their food, and before they even left for the trip, they just went out and bought like a whole bunch of drugs, did them before going on the ferry over there. And by the time they got over to Amsterdam, they were all detained and they were sent all the way back because they couldn't get back, <laughs> they couldn't get into the country now. And it was the same thing when they went to America. Like the first thing they did is they went out, they started buying drugs, and like they tell this story about how you know they were at a party and they thought there was cocaine there, so they started doing the cocaine, and it turned out to be crystal meth. Ooh. And then they were up for just like days on end, you know, <laughs> and they and they start talking about like uh, at this point, this is when they were supposed to pay the uh, uh, play the uh, whiskey go go. And they were talking about how it was like a horrible show because everybody, even like the roadies were high and the roadies were even fucking things up, like putting different set lists for everyone there so like they would have like the set list tape on the ground <laughs> where each person was supposed to be sitting and each one was different so oh, Noel man. would start playing a song from something that, you know Ownhead would start playing a song from something and Liam would start singing a different song on top of that oh, you know awesome. and when people would start booing that's when Liam would get confrontational with people in the crowd and stuff like that so it was pretty wacky um I, like I said, I grew up listening to these guys. I could have watched this documentary for like another five hours. I could have made like a ten-hour documentary with yeah. everything. And if I would. Not a been, fan of them? Would people be interested in watching it? If you're a fan of them already, you're gonna love this. Yeah. This this, this movie is this is a fucking movie. I, this is like my ten on ten. This right. is the movie I've been waiting for like all this time. Okay. This is like my top movie of the year so far. Wow. There you go. All right. Right on. You went out, like all over the board. You had a rating, a different <laughs> you had movies. Yeah, he, he had. A, I think he almost had all of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
And that's so, it. Did you, did you guys watch anything this week? No, I didn't. Other yeah, I saw. Yeah, me and my buddy, we have this thing called. Uh, I kind of just titled it Monday Movie Macabre. Or every Monday night, we'll go to each other's house. We're bringing each other to Starbucks, watch a movie, watch a brand new movie. It was his turn to go. To, um, so went over to his house, and we're both fans of the movie um, The Strangers. And so Brian Bertino, the one that wrote and directed. This was his, I don't know if this is like his follow-up or he's done something between, but this is the movie he did. Um, it's called The Monster in 2016. Uh, a mother and a daughter must confront a terrifying monster when they break down on a deserted road. That was, I was having a hard time watching it because the girl that plays the mother, she almost looks almost the same age as his daughter. She looks really young. She looks like she was 16 or 17. And she was a mother and yelling at her and they're fighting all the time. And I'm like, I, I kept looking at my friend. I'm like, I'm having the hardest time believing that she's the mom. She looks so damn young. And uh, it almost takes place in the car the whole time. They're like, the, the car breaks down. They're calling a guy to um, uh, tow company. The guy comes over. Or like a, like a AAA. And he comes out. He's poor bachelor's working on it. It's pouring down rain. And it's, the movie's all dark. And it's already getting late. So I kept dozing off throughout the movie. So that's not a good sign. I'm, I usually fall asleep anyways that night watching it. But I mean, after a big cup of Starbucks, I think I'd be wide awake. But... I wasn't holding my attention. After at the end, I was looking at him like, "Yeah, that wasn't that good." From the p- p- parts that I did see, I never even saw a monster. So if there was a monster in the movie, I don't know. I fell asleep. So I, if there was, I missed it. I told him at the end, like, hey, "What do you think?" Because it's got a five point three on IMDb now. He was like, eh. he, like, "He always has a hard time." Like, I don't think I've ever heard the man give him ex- except for Microwave Massacre, but I don't think I've ever heard him, he'd ever give a, a movie a polish shit. Like, he's just not that guy. I don't know why. I don't think he. I'd have to actually ask him what's one movie he actually hated because he just has a hard time. Maybe because he paid for it, he paid a full price fourteen ninety nine for the damn movie on iTunes. So he probably has to justify it wasn't that bad. But I'm like, come on, Cisco Speed was in it. Cool, never saw him. <laughs> Maybe he played the monster. I don't know. I didn't see. Him. But there is a person that says Chris Webb played the monster, unless his nickname's Monster. Like I said, I don't know. So to me, this was a waste of time. Because I can't give it a picture because I I didn't really fully see it, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what was a Slater, and it's uh, the movie Scream. I absolutely love this movie. Um, saw it in the theater way back when when it came out in '96. I remember when I went to the theater. There was hardly anybody in the movie theater. Nobody really wanted to go see it because I remember like two three weeks afterwards, it started getting. Big people went started going seeing the theater going hey this is pretty people started watching for some reason I never seen that with the movie where like started getting traction afterwards because usually when it starts to die like, after three weeks I was like all right let's start pulling it right so I'm doing well this one had legs man and it kept going it kept going um, you know it was just really sharp like direction and, and Kevin Williamson wrote it and then it had a big like uh, I remember people like when saw Drew Barrymore die you're like whoa that's a big star. Right off the bat, you kill off a huge star. Everyone was like shocked, going, "Whoa, this movie ain't fucking around. This is pretty cool." I love how like smart and savvy it was, and the referencing horror movies. And Randy was just like every every horror nerd that watches these movies. It's like, yes, you, you're us. Um, and Courtney Cox looks amazing in it. She was incredibly hot. You can see why David Arquette fell in love with her. Um, I went to a 20th anniversary screening for it in L.A. at the Chinese Theater Grommets, and David Arquette did a Q and A after, which was really cool. And uh, he talked about like uh, uh, how he like he, where they filmed it was like some cool wine like there's like wineries everywhere so they 
much almost got drunk all the time. But he bought himself a uh, go kart and he'd ride around on there all the time during the like the downtime. Um, but everybody like just you know respected Wes and everybody like just he like had nothing but great things to say about Nev. And like I said, it's hard, really hard for him to see it because this is like how he met his you know his ex wife. Like they uh, they met here on the first time and they have a daughter together. So he said this is the first time he's seen it in twenty years. So he's like, yeah, it's like it's almost like a kind of like a photo booth or just or photo book and going back and saying, like, oh yeah, or like, I just about home videos. I guess kind of like when you have met your wife, it'd be kind of hard to see, you know. Um, so everyone's kind of like thinking about like, yeah, I guess that's right. You, right. It'll be hard for you to see it, you know, because I mean, it's like you can, and some guy said that he had a he, he had an interesting question. He's like, you guys have such good chemistry in the movie. It's you could see why. You had some, or you know, when they when he actually fell in love with her, it kind of shows in the movie. Like you know, it's like maybe he was really he wasn't really acting; he was really falling in love with her, you know, because um, she's smoking hot. Um, and I just love the ghost face image, like the, this the look, I, the, the mask. I love everything about it. Um, yes, to me, Scream is a fucking absolute slater. I love it. So to see the screen, the theater again, it was just amazing. It was cool. They had a, a drinking game. Um, we had like a free drink uh, part of it. Like, it's called like. Scream, fears and beers. So they had a cool drinking game. Like every time the phone rang, and you start hearing people in the crowd go "drink." <laughs> um, whenever a horror movie was referenced, whenever Ghostface does something clumsy, and there was something else. And I was going to add another one. Like every time Sharon Stone gets mentioned, because she got mentioned a lot in it. Like basically, guess they must have been hot. Like the movie was, it was coming out because they mentioned her a lot in the movie. Um, the movie came out what ninety five? Yeah, it says ninety six here on IMDb, and it's crazy because. Some of the some of the stuff doesn't hold up. Like when she picks up a uh, Courtney Cox picks up a cell phone. It's like Zach Morris's old great cell phone from Saved by the Bell. Um, when they're uh, when they're interrogating Skeet Ulrich in the uh, police quarters, police station, the cops are like, uh, "What the hell are you doing with the with the cellular phone?" Like you know, they're like like there's like a like it's just like why would a kid have a cell phone? You know, it's just kind of <laughs> everyone, everyone in the theater kind of chuckled at it. You know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like it was cool. Like they had the sound really cranked up, so there's things I didn't, I, I didn't, I never heard before. I, I picked up, and everyone's great in it. Matthew Lillard, like I said, Jim Kenny. I mean, uh, Rose McGowan. She got a round of applause when her big titties were on the screen when the, she goes in the garage to get some beers. Huh. So I was like, that's rad. The titties get a round of applause. People were cheering. I'm like, this is awesome. This crowd gets it, you know. Uh, um, yeah, everyone had everyone had a good time in it. It was cheering. People recite lines. It was cool. Like I, I didn't feel weird like recite lines. You know, every time it came on, the guy next to me, he he had he hadn't seen it in a long time. I mean, he generally jumped. He had some jump scares. I'm like, hey, that's rad. It, it's it still holds up. It's still great. So, um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, seeing Scream in the theater again. That was great. So, like you said, then you go into the, these theaters that showing them. Like I said, this is it's 20th anniversary. I can't believe it's like that old. I mean, I, I graduated '96, so. It's just driven me out seeing it again twenty years later, but but to see it in the theater was really cool. So yeah, to me, Scream is an absolute slater. It's in my, I would have added maybe my top five, but maybe maybe top ten. Ooh. Yeah, maybe top ten because I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like yeah, I got a lot. My top five is kind of crowded, but <laughs> top ten for sure. Yeah, I yeah. I remember I remember seeing that in um, we used to have like this. Uh, sub-run theater here in like uh, Montreal back in the day. I was still like in high school when the movie came out, so like they would play movies for like um, two dollars and fifty cents. Nice. So like the weekend they finally got Scream, like my friends and I went there, and we must have watched Scream like that weekend like five or six times. 
you know. For two fifty, damn right, yeah, hell yeah. Well, for the two fifty, the one time we would never obviously oh, okay. go back out. <laughs> we would just like stay inside the movie theater and then just go back in. You know, it was nice. a good way. You know, it's like we were still in high school, and like a lot of high school kids would go there, so it's like a good place to like go and meet like girls and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, and uh, and then uh, she was just such a crowd pleaser. You know, it's just uh, it's got everything. It's got laughs. It's got scares. It's yeah, it's it's got titties. Yeah, Tatis absolutely loves it. I love it. So, yeah. Um, so that's what I saw. I saw. So let's get into the homework, which I believe Harley chose, right? Um. Yeah, Harley chose it. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, he's not here to talk about it. But uh, directed by David McKenzie, a divorced father and his ex-con older brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in West Texas. Now, Tony, did you see a uh, trailer before you saw this? Or um, yeah, I ended up. Uh, oh. Playing a trailer just so I could um, see if uh, Lane wanted to watch it or not. Okay, and did she, did it did it work? Did it not? She said, "Yeah, she was interested." So we oh. ended up watching it together today. Okay, right on. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I think I enjoyed it. It the 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 story started off right in the middle of them. Robin Banks. She didn't fuck was, around. I was like, oh shit, they're like yeah. in it. <laughs> it's like I saw it in the trailer. I was like, okay, it'll be a while before it, you know they're gonna start Robin Banks. I'll have right. a chance to you know make myself a, a sandwich. Pop, no, a drink. Yep. no, you better run to the TV. <laughs> right there. That's um, what I felt like. Oh shit, I have time to make the meat. Yeah, I had to put my shit down. I was like, no, I gotta uh-huh. pay attention now. <laughs> Which is which is cool. I I always dig when you know movies start off with a bang and just just pull you into it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, their 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 chemistry was pretty cool. Their their brother you know, Ben Foster. I always like Ben Foster. He's he's you know he's always um, good to watch on screen. But Absolutely. him and Chris Pine, they played these um, like rundown cowboy characters, kind of greasy looking characters, just pretty well. Like I I, I bought their, their 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 that they were brothers. Um, and that they were just you know in the at the uh, at the end of their ropes type you know thing and and had to resort to Robin Banks, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. The the the, the whole you know, they're they're paired off with uh, Jeff Bridges, who's always he's good at playing you know the cowboy type. Yeah. Um, and uh, sheriff on the trail, which they had their own chemistry going on. <laughs> him, he's like, oh, you, you know, I'm half Mexican, right? It was like, well, I'll get to those jokes when I'm done with the Indian <laughs> <Yeah>. jokes. <laughs> it was so good, was, dude. Was, his little deliveries too was so funny when he's like talking to the like, like the bank manager. He's talking to him. He's like, well, he's like, can I go inside? He's like, sure, come on in. He's walking with him. He's like, uh, man, they bopped you in the schnozzle, didn't they? He's like, <laughs> yeah, but he's like, eh, that's damn <laughs> Just a little yes. the way you said it just made me laugh so hard. I was like, he's just doing his job and randomly like, oh yeah, they hit you in the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh so hard the way you said it was so funny. No, he but had yeah. that slow cadence, the slow delivery of just mm-hmm. way of talking. Yeah, um, like, that he 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 just masters. He's yeah. just good at that. He's a dude. Come on, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a dude. <laughs> One thing though that bummed me out about this movie though, mm-hmm. when, when you're watching it, is you're realizing like how like old Jeff Bridges is getting. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, this guy was like back in the eighties was like was pretty much like the man. You know, and now it's like he's you he could maybe it was great like you know, uh makeup or something, but you could kind of see maybe like a few liver spots start to appear like on the side of his face. Mm. 
I just kind of like, oh man, you know, Jeff Bridges is getting old. One day he's not going to be here, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, Kirk Douglas, that's a, he's celebrating his 100th birthday, man, so we can only hope. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got a, it's this crime drama western. Yeah. Very, you know, very western look. Very, um, I just like that. I just like the look of it too. They were playing really, all this country music throughout too, which was having to kind of, you know, it was like modern western instead of, you know, horses are like, they're taking off and they're, and they're with their blue Camaro at first and, it's like the way it was being filmed, like a it was almost like a car was behind it filming it, but it was I was above it. It was always like you were in it every time when they were you know doing shit. I mean, um, like that scene when they go rob that one bank and the, they're like, "Hey, do you, you see if this old man's got a gun?" He's like, "You got a gun? You goddamn right, I got a gun." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, hey, "You might." He's like, just nonchalant. You gonna take that from? You gonna get that gun from him? He's like, "Oh yeah." And he just puts it on the counter. Like you just tell you he's just completely nervous and like Ben Foster's. You know, he's like done this a couple times. You know. Um, but you're right. That chemistry worked. I, I like the look of it. Like you have, oh, you know, old Grizzly Jeff Bridges um, after him. I, I, I just thought the whole thing worked. I mean, I was really enjoying it. And um, even when it slowed down, it's just them talking. Um, I just like the look of it too. I thought it, I thought it was really, um, I thought it was really well done. I think Danny would you, would you come up watch the movie. I like this movie a lot, actually. Um, I, I think I. I would probably say the weakest character in the movie was, or at least the weakest performance is probably Chris Pine mm-hmm. because he is Chris Pine and it's like, you know, they could dirty him up all he wants, but he <laughs> still looks like a model, you know, so it's, it kind of sucks you out of it a little bit. But, uh, you know, going with what Tony was saying, I like the fact that they started it off hot right away mm-hmm. and you weren't even sure why they were doing this. Until later on in the movie, that's when you get to find out. Okay, well, they're doing this to pay off. Uh, is it? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I was saying, yeah, he was like, is right. And, right. And, so there's, and, but but the way they were setting it up is like the way you know everything was going to pay off in the end because everything was going to be intertwined, okay. and I didn't even see that ending coming. Where it's like, you know. He used it just basically to put it in. So basically it's all theirs. And, you know, one thing I will say is that ending, especially like the, you know, the the conversation between uh, Chris Pine and 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 Jeff Bridges was really good. You know, it's like, you know, they shows up on the ranch, got the rifle ready and it's just like. Why? Why? Why are you guys doing this? And he thinks because he's just going to be like some kind of big oil baron, you know. Right. And then when he the shows up, and he he's kind of taken aback. Oh, you don't live here? And he's like, No, no, I live, you know, just outside of town. Yeah. You know, and in you're this welcome shack. to come to my house. Anytime. That was the best. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. It was. It was really cool. It was verbal um, sparring that that really paralleled with the bullets that were that they were shooting at each other like there was a scene where there's action there's bullets flying at each other and then at the end they got the words flying at each other and it just felt so like such a good ending it, i totally agree yeah i think yeah, yeah for sure I, and that was the best part too for me is like yeah just come by we'll continue this conversation elsewhere oh, and it's so like oh, you know what but by doing that i get the sense that like the character um i think the character wants to that's why he's telling him to come oh, by yeah. to finish the the conversation there because the they're riding on the fact that like you know w- um, the ramifications of you know Chris Pine uh, Chris Pine's plan you know I guess can we 
spoil it too, I guess? I it's brand new. We usually it's don't spoil new. it. We try not yeah. to okay. yeah, spoil the new one. Well, something happens I, will, I will bleep out anything that we do step on. So, Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you still want to bleep stuff out? Well, uh, we kind of want to I mean, get Harley's points too, so yeah, kind of want to say too much of it. As much yeah. So basically the ramifications, uh, you know, the, the Texas Ranger, Jeff Bridges, kind of calls him out and he's like, you know, a lot of things had to happen for this that you probably didn't count on. That's why he's probably feeling sorry about the way everything went down. And you kind of see it when, like, you see Chris Pine at the casino after and he's seeing what unfolded on the news. You know, he's sad that it had to go down the way that it did. And because he had to at the end, I got the feeling that maybe he did kind of want to, like, you know, at the end too because, you know, kind of pay for his penance, if you know what I mean. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he seemed like a a genuine good guy that just was had no way out. He was in, you know painted painted into a corner type thing, right. um, and he 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 got fucked over by the and shit. And so he's like, you know what, I have this plan, and I think I can make the plan work out. So it doesn't affect that many people. It's not that bad, you know. He's doing bad things, but yeah. he's just just shy of that gray area of the law. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, um, and he's facing off with Jeff Bridges, who's the good guy, but then again, he likes to go chase things. I mean, the, in between his dialogue with his, uh, with Alberto, um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he, he likes to chase, the, you know, he's chasing the, the, he's always putting himself in danger and putting himself at risk. Um, and so it felt like they, yeah, they were definitely, um, paired off well, but he, he, Chris Pine seemed like a, like, he, what, he he could be a really good character. Just he was stuck on the he, he was born in the in the wrong way. He was born poor, like he said, the, it's a disease, and he, he had to make the best with what he had. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for, like I said, I I want to get a little more from uh, Harley's side. You know, I probably want to talk about it some more too. But to me, yeah, it's a very high buy for dollar. I could easily see myself watching this over and over again. I would I would probably even say that this is a fucking movie. Ooh, not like that. This ooh. is a man's movie too. Hey, there you go. This is not. This is not like one of those. Uh, uh, th- this is a movie where the men are being men. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Okay. Uh huh. Right. And that's what I liked about this movie. I, I was. I was almost about to go around that route this afternoon and, and tap into like Magnificent Seven, but I was like, I'll put that off for another time. Well, I thought you said you were going to go out and start robbing banks. You, you felt so bad. <laughs> no, that's what you were leading with that. <laughs> not on a Saturday. They're not open. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you got to catch them in the morning when they're not ready. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, like everybody on this even, – even little interactions in this movie – are so good, you know, like like the interaction with like Chris Pine and the waitress at the beginning yep. of the movie. The the uh, the interaction between um, Jeff Bridges and the waitress at their restaurant, where she's mm-hmm. telling them what to, what they're gonna have, you know. Yeah. Like people only come here for the steaks. So tell me what you don't want. Do you do, do you want the green beans or do you want whatever? The corn on you know? the cob. The corn yeah. on the cob, you know. And they're yeah. kind of like she was. Uh, she was so good. That it was like I I popped a little bit when they were like sitting outside of uh, across the street from the bank. Yeah, and she just came out of the restaurant after just like walking away. I thought she was going to do something else. It was just waiting, and yeah, she yeah. just kind of like walked off. I was like, <laughs> oh man, that's whatever. But yeah. um, the other thing too that I liked was that little speech Alberto gave about the bank. Mm. You know, like she's talking about like 
mm-hmm. uh, 150,000 uh, 150, years ago, you used to live in caves until somebody came and assimilated you. 150 years ago, my ancestors used to own this land and everything that you would see across. And then you came and assimilated us yeah. and you took away our land. Now the same thing is happening to you, but nobody had to bring an army. It's the banks that are doing it to you, like right under your nose. And I feel like, fuck, that's yep. that's fucking clever. That's that's, that's brilliant. Social commentary, right there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you give it, Tony? Give you a rating yet? Oh, I give a full dollar. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Oh, yeah. It has potential. It, um, Absolutely. I, I enjoyed all of it, and and I don't remember thinking at any point was I pulled out of the movie, and it, I was just in it the whole time, and that's usually a really really good sign for a Slater. Um, but of course, I always hold off my Slaters for until I watch it a second time. So Sounds very picky. We'll see one day. Very I, picky there there is players. one thing that pulled me out of the movie though, and it was the sex scene. <laughs> no, sex was hilarious. <laughs> it, it just seems fucking, so, yeah, goddamn brother. <laughs> his brother's like right in the next bed, and it's like, uh, well, you know. I've experienced that though. That, so for me, it was just like fucking oh. like, college days, man. It's like, oh god, you're really in the room, and like I have to pretend I'm sleeping and shit. While you're oh in the man, that's bed. so awkward. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's <on>. hilarious. <laughs> oh. So I chose uh, for my extra credit shows the festive movie since we're in December and the middle of the mix of it, and uh, I, I don't. I think I seen parts, but I had never really seen the whole thing. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation came out in '89, written by John Hughes. I'm always a big fan of John Hughes movies. I think it's always funny, like in every other vacation movie, which I've never seen either. My sister and John are going to kill me. Um, they hate that I've never seen all of them. Um, they, the kids are always played by different actors, which I think is always funny. Huh. Uh, but the parents are always the same. Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. The Griswold family plans for a big family Christmas predictably turned into a big disaster. Now, had you seen it before, Tony? Uh, no. After watching okay. it, I have not seen it. Okay. Danny, have you seen it before? Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen this, though, since 89. It's been oh. like about 25 years since I'd seen it. Okay. So how, how, did it hold up? Um, it, <laughs> it did, and it didn't in a way. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I remembered it being more funny, but I th- that's because maybe the st- looking back, the beginning was a little slow for me. Mm-hmm. But it did start to pick up a lot towards the end. And uh, uh, one thing I was pretty surprised at was um, I had forgotten how fucking gorgeous Beverly D'Angelo was. <laughs> Younger and, days, yeah. And I didn't realize like when I was watching it, I was like, she looks so familiar, and it kind of clicked with me. Is like she looks. Her and like Amy Poehler look like they could be sisters. Is that right? They look pretty similar. Huh. I got pictures right now. Let's see. Yeah, kind of, yeah. She was born in 51. I remember her from Mino in Californication. Oh, Just had like a real oh, smoker's yeah, voice. Yeah. And yeah, and see how young Julia Lewis too. Oh yeah, and a young uh, Johnny Lee Dreyfus too. Yeah, for sure. It seemed oh, like yeah. almost everybody who worked at NBC was probably in this movie because I recognized a lot of people from like sitcoms here. Yeah, Doris Roberts too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like uh, it's 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 silly comedy that a lot of people you know I could see why a lot of people would turn to this on like holiday well obviously it's a christmas movie but i could yeah. see why you know people would tune into it. it's it's a it's a good holiday movie to have 
thrown on in the background. You know, sure. yeah. I'll just turn around, join in with like a, you know, Merry Christmas, shitter was full, throw that in there and then just go back to whatever you were doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I think that's what it should say on the box art on the cover. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was watching, I, I was enjoying it from like the beginning when we get a, um, anyone's ever had road rage or just not want to let somebody cut off, you know, and then they cut you off and it was like, look, a deer and he flicks them off and you're like, oh shit, what are you doing? Get yourself in trouble. Uh, but just those silly things like that, or you know, or just going all out with the Christmas lights. But but always underneath it all, he always just you know wants to have the family have a good time, and I think that's just been the running theme on all of them. Um, and it came out in uh, December first, nineteen eighty nine. So it came out on my birthday. So I can't not fault the movie for coming out on my birthday. I think that's awesome. I just realized that afterwards. Um, uh, but yeah, Chevy Chase like just has that role down right. That's this. That's just like. That's warm, like sarcastic. I don't know. I just he he just has that down. I think he's he's great at it. But then he can play like the bumbling guy too. I think he did that really well as well. So that was really funny. Um, but uh, everyone, I, I said it. I always said, I found that funny. Like the when John was explaining the movie, he's like, "Yeah, dude, the kid the kids are always played by different uh, actors." And I don't know if that's always been a, a choice, or that just they couldn't cast the same people. Um, I think they do it just to kind of keep the kids within like the they'll age him up a little bit, mm-hmm. but they always try to keep him like in a pretty close age range. So it's like, uh, but the next vacation they're just a little bit older. They're just a that. little bit older, you know. Because yeah. if I remember, I think like Ethan Embry plays like Rusty uh, Griswold in like uh, the Vegas one, the, or the, the Vegas one, or I think in like whatever the last one was. Okay. Not the Ed Helms one, but the the official last one that they did. European? No, European was Vegas I Vacation ninety seven. It must. I think it was probably Vegas uh, Vegas Vacation then. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas Vacation is the one where like uh, uh, they try to join the Mile High Club and then they get like their foot stuck in the toilet bowl, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen all. Oh, yeah, okay. Ethan Embry. That's right. He played Rusty. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and then Randy Quaid too showing up before he went all crazy. Yeah, Randy Quaid's in. Pretty, I think he's in all of them. Yeah, he's their uncle. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like I said, yeah, I could see why people would watch all the time, and then the nostalgia on it for sure. I just never, when I grew up, I didn't. I, I never watched it. I, I was watching Home Alone. I guess too many times. <laughs> I've only seen Home Alone like the one time. I can't stand that fucking movie. What? Oh man! Don't let my wife hear that. Ooh, she she turned this podcast off right now. Kevin McAllister was like uh, the most annoying kid ever. I couldn't stand him. Oh, how can you say that? they picked the most adorable kid in that movie? You didn't see his brothers. You didn't see his brother Buzz. They're all jerks. His uncle. Oh man. The yeah, he, well, Kevin McAllister was a dick. He probably deserved to be left alone at home. Oh, that's that's not. That's, I, I'm yeah, not even, home Alone is definitely not my my favorite. My go to uh, Christmas movie. That's that's always going to be like uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay. Yeah. yeah, fuck that movie. I don't even know about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I even saw that movie. Like I said, it's funny how some people just miss. They just yeah. skip. Some, they just don't see some movies. Yeah, it's like um, what, like Muppet's the Grinch? Christmas Carol. It's a great, uh, great Michael Caine plays Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge. Okay. Huh? Yeah, Tony. Would you? Because you, you're real tough about judging comedies, man. I. I'm curious to see what you thought about this movie. Are you? Are you really curious? Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, this movie made me cringe too much. I, oh, here I, we I, go. I, I couldn't do oh, it. Oh, man. The whole time. Like, I, <laughs> like, 
Like I tried. I really tried. I was like, okay, this is a comedy. So I got to, you know, just open up my mind to stupid shit going on. And, and, and he does stupid shit, but it, I couldn't laugh at it. I just was like, oh, uh, like my, like, I uh, kept empathizing with the people being affected around him. Or like, if I imagine if that shit happened in my house, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I couldn't laugh at it because I was too busy cringing at how terrible it was that it was happening. Well, I think for, for me, the comedy came from like little things in the movie. You know, it's like, uh, it wasn't like generally everything, but like the gag with the uh, the turkey, like made me laugh. You know, especially when they're all eating it and they're kind of like picking it out of their teeth. And they're every time they take a bite out of turkey, you just hear like the forceful crunching of it in their mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, but it's like the the little bits don't add up to a whole movie. It's like maybe fifteen minutes worth for me. Um, that because I know I did chuckle here and there. Um, you know, the light switch turning off his lights and they were oblivious to it. You know, I was like, that got me to chuckle a little bit. You know, I, I got chuckles here and there, but it just wasn't enough for me to go. Yep. I enjoyed that. It was worth my time. Um, so, yeah. and, and the fact that the lights were so powerful, they basically, they basically blinded like the neighbors, the neighbors. Yeah. And that nobody paid attention. Like I felt so bad for those neighbors, even though they tried to make them out to be. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you like, felt bad for, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Like I don't, I don't care oh. how like, pretentious or, or snooty or stuck up or whatever the fuck they were trying to make those neighbors out to be that they deserved this shit coming at them. It's like, not really. I don't think I kept cringing. I like they, when Why all the cringing? shit that they Why? went through, <laughs> All the shit that they went through, uh, all the, it's like, yeah, no, I couldn't do it, man. I was like, so weird. I, I think, that, I think, weird. I think the point was like, um, I, I guess that's why they kind of had to make the neighbors like heelish, like right off the bat by kind of like criticizing them, like as soon as they came out, right? You know, so that way, like, uh, once all the bad stuff started happening to them specifically as a result of like uh, um, Clark. People would be like, oh, well, you know, they deserved it anyway because, you know, they were a dick to him at the beginning of the movie. Right, but in but reality, were... <laughs> towards the end of the movie, it's like, well, you know, they don't really deserve this stuff. Like, yeah, they weren't that big dicks at the beginning. You know, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah, they, they were dickish, but not that not that bad. And a lot of their stuff was like, you know, they're victims of circumstance because, like, remember, like, she was, like, going to go over to, like, the house just to punch out Clark Griswold mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she got attacked by the dog and then the fucking police well, raided her house. She got house double attack. She got the squirrel then the dog. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that, that was another got... thing too is like, like they're freaking out over a squirrel in the house like uh, get rid like they were like talking like capture it and you hit it with someone. Like, just open the door the squirrel's gonna run out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah for me it, it's 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 a waste of time. Oh man. I couldn't do it. Wow. I fell asleep. I fucking fell asleep on oh, it. Like, wow. and, and then I had to finish. I had to watch it in two sittings because I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, as I'd watch it, I'd sink in my seat, going, "Oh my god, I can't do this! I can't do this!" And then I passed out, <laughs> so I had to pick it up later. Oh, yeah. what about what about a movie like Scrooge? Then would you would you? I don't know. Um, I'd have to give it a shot because. Oh, you've never seen it. It does not look familiar. I see it here in the IMDb recommended. Um, it does not look familiar though. Oh, what, what's your go-to movie then, Tony? For what? Christmas. Uh, generally, Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a big fan of... I've been a big fan of that movie forever, and so it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, but there's that, and then there's um, 
Lane has the Grinch that gets played a lot. So it's been like three years that I've seen that. Are you talking about the what the Jim Carrey Grinch? The Jim Carrey Grinch, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I don't got I don't have Christmas movies. Not even like a Christmas story. Nope. Really? You, have you ever seen it? I've uh, seen. I I think I've seen it in pieces, but yeah, uh, I've never seen it all the way through. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm a Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> I'm the asshole on the podcast. Do you still celebrate <laughs> Christmas then, if that's the case? I, don't I know. still accept gifts, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Send in a P.O. box. Yeah. Tony loves this shit. They get some coal coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's some all right. I'll burn cake. that. No problem. Get some coal and some fruitcake. So yeah. Bill Murray. See, it has potential, because I, I, do, I do enjoy Bill Murray. Yeah, he does like Bill Murray. He does love him some Groundhog Day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a shame. So, yeah, to me, I, I, I had some chuckles. I was laughing. I, I don't, Tony doesn't have a soul. He's wired. He's yeah. wired differently. Oh, what's, you know, why don't, why are you cringe all the time? So weird. Quit cringing. <laughs> Being so cringy about other people. Why you watch the movie and laugh? Like, what's your problem? Because man? I don't laugh at people. I, it's the thing, man. You're so weird. It's, it's, I empathize with the people. Stop and just, doing that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, let me try and just start. Just watching turn a off. fucking movie. Come on, says <laughs> comedy on there. I can't Doesn't say anything else. I can't. Oh man. Even says you'll crack up on the cover. See that you'll crack up, but not Tony. He's wired differently. I guess I don't know. I'll buy it for a dollar. I had fun with it. I'd watch it again on Christmas. Yeah, I'd for buy sure. that for a dollar too. Yeah. Yeah. All absolutely. Right, Two dollars. There we go. So maybe not a full dollar. Maybe like. 60 cents on the dollar or something, but <laughs> yeah, it's still rental. You're renting it. It's all good. Yeah. So, so you chose, I guess we won't have an extra credit from Harley then. We'll have to find uh, out about that later. I guess. I don't know, but uh, you're going to choose uh, or the homework. Yeah. And then pop star, right? Pop star. Yep. Let's do yeah. it. Right on. So I totally messed up in the beginning. I didn't even do give an introduction. We'll introduce to Denny and ask him even like our guests, like Denny, where are you from? What? Tell us, let's, Let's dive in a little bit about because right this is this is the part part of the podcast where we talk about our weekend so yep. we have a good, good good part of the podcast talk about uh, yourself and um, and your podcast just go and pimp yourself out real quick Danny tell us about it. tell us about yourself well what do you want to know about myself before we get into the uh, the whole podcast everything from birth to now. Well, I was born on May 22nd, 1980. It was a Thursday night. I believe it was like 9.45 in the p.m. Uh, but no, man, born and raised in Montreal, uh, lived here all my life, uh, You know, went to school here, uh, work here, work at uh, one of the universities here in town. And uh, basically, that's it, man. Just uh, L-I-V-I-N. You ever come down here? Uh, last time I was down in the States, I went down to uh, Mississippi. Oh. I was there for a couple of days. A friend of mine was living down there, so uh went to Oxford, Mississippi. You know where, like, uh, Ole Miss is? Yeah. Took a tour of the campus. Uh, you know, that place apparently is, like, you know, Eli Manning Central because, like, everywhere you go, it's Eli Manning, Eli Manning, Eli Manning. You know, people, oh, like, have his, yeah. they have his picture up in the restaurant. He's never even been there before. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it was uh went there uh went to um the thing is like um oxford mississippi is pretty small so the, the closest airport there is uh, in memphis oh, okay so flew into memphis you know took a tour of graceland nice. uh went to west memphis arkansas went to the casino uh did all that stuff man it was it was a fun time the people were super nice down there 
And uh, maybe I might be coming back to the U.S. and uh, maybe sometime in March, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay, right on. Very cool. Nice. And then, uh, so, but yeah, then you, so you have your own uh, podcast that we're lucky enough to be guests on. And uh, t- I'll tell us a little bit about that if people are listening. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, Tony and Fonzie were on the previous episode, which just came out on uh, Thursday. Uh, the show is called the After Midnight Podcast, where we, uh, we take a look at uh, tales of the supernatural, the paranormal, uh, conspiracy theories, urban legends, and unsolved mysteries. Uh, we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Beyond Pod, or just go to shoutengine.com slash the After Midnight Podcast. You can listen to episodes there. Uh, basically, we just take uh, some stories that we either you know find through the internet or you know old urban tales, or maybe even sometimes personal experiences, and uh, we discuss see if there's any truth to them, and most importantly, we try to see how scary these stories really are. Uh, you know, we just want to see if everyone could uh, get a little scared when they're listening to this, get a little goosebumps going on the back of their neck, and uh, basically that's the whole show. Yeah, and it was too because I'm. Or, I was like, I was like afraid to drive home that night. What's it talking about? <laughs> Tony's lucid dreaming, and uh, yeah, it, it went really well. I really, really liked uh, oh, yeah, helping on lucid dreaming, so it went really well, Tony. You were getting some good feedback there on Twitter, so that was pretty cool. Um, we yeah, had the lucid dreaming. We had Slenderman, and we had the Battle of Los Angeles. So we discussed all of that and a bag of chips. That's right. So I wanted to see. So pop star being recently, but what are your like the, the, the top five movies? Like what's what's like the staple that's always been in your top five? Or do they do they ever rotate? Uh, they rotate a lot. Okay. Uh, I, I have like my own personal list, and then the, the kind of list that you would probably give people. You know. Gotcha. So like for me personally. It'll always be like Star Wars, okay. you know, but that's like my own personal stuff. But if, you know, people want to hear an adult list, <laughs> I always go with uh, number one would be the prestige. Mm. Harley, uh, number so two. so happy right now to hear that. Yeah. Who would be? Harley. Well, Harley, he's, pr- he's probably feeling some tingles now somewhere. <laughs> he's like, um, like, yes. So happy. <laughs> number two would be Shawshank. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Number three would be. Um, Fight Club. Nice. Number four would be Scarface, and uh, number five would if because I whenever somebody asks me, I still always want to throw a Star Wars movie in sure. there. Sure. So number five would always be Empire. Nice. Now, did you watch them in, as a kid in the theater? Because I never did. Uh, no, because by the time uh, I was born, uh, May twenty second, nineteen eighty, which was the day after Empire was released. Um, so basically when I was old enough to start like knowing Star Wars and remembering it, right. uh, that would be around Return of the Jedi. Okay. But I eventually did see them all in theaters because um, uh, 97, that's when they did the uh, the re, the re- all 20, yeah. 20th edition remastered re-release. So I went to go see A New Hope and we saw that like packed cinema, like the packed cinema on a Friday at a 12 o'clock showing and it was like – I think it came out like in February or something. So people were at work and the cinemas were packed. And every time we went to a showing, it always got like a standing ovation. Wow. So we did that for, you know, a new hope did that for empire, did that for Jedi. And then we you know when, like when the sequels or when the prequels finally came out, you know, we just went to town on those. I saw like, I saw uh, phantom menace at least three times in theaters. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think the only one I saw the least amount of times was like Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And that was because like that was probably one of the first movies I remember ever seeing in theaters. Leaving and just feeling so depressed afterwards. I was just going to the next question. How do you feel about the prequels? I like I, I like the prequels in general. Oh, you do? I, I don't hate them. Okay. Uh, I think the prequels are something that you need to see like literally back to back in order to get like the full scope. Because if you watch them individually by themselves, like no one's ever going to be like, yeah. you know what? I feel like just throwing on the Phantom Menace or that's Attack of the point. Clones on in the yeah, back. That's a good point. You know, they they don't stand up individually, but if you put them all together, it does make a cohesive story. You know, and as for the Force Awakens, I fucking love that movie. That's that is, uh, I buy it for a dollar. It's a fucking movie. Uh, I must have seen I, it. Is every I've seen it like eleven times in theaters. Damn! Holy shit! Wow! God damn! Well, these are the characters that you want to see. That's that. That's a, that's what I think are hurt the prequels the most is because you know, right. at yeah, the end yeah. of Jedi, you want to you want to see the adventures continue. You want to sure. see Luke. You want to see Leia. You want to see you know Han. You don't want to go back thirty years prior and see all these characters that like you only saw a glimpse of in the original trilogy because because like you know you only had Obi Wan in like half. Well, maybe like 20, 30 minutes in the first movie, mm-hmm. you know, and you never really got to know Anakin Skywalker. You only saw Darth Vader and the Emperor. You only really got to see at the end of the first, uh, the end of Jedi. So you're you're using all these characters more for the prequels. But I want to see the original character. I want to see the OG three characters. Right. Sure. So when you finally get them back for fan, uh, for The Force Awakens everyone's hyped again because I want to see Luke. I want to see Han. I want to see Leia. Unfortunately, we're not going to all, you know, get to see him back together again in one spot, but you know, it, w- it was great. It's you're using the old characters to get the new characters over. Right. So that way, when you're getting ready for trilogy, uh, 10, 11 and 12, which apparently is coming, you know, the new characters will be established and the, you know, the, the fans will have that connection to them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm trying to watch prequels again, and just hating Christian's just, just the worst actor. Man. Just I, like, I wouldn't even go that far. I it, don't. Cause I always say this: he was horrible in Attack of the Clones, but don't forget that was the performance that George Lucas was okay with to put on screen. So George kind of deserves the he deserves a lot of the blame for it too because you know another director would be like Hayden you know what I, I I think you should do it this way or we could do it that way or something like that but George was like I liked your delivery it's printable but how many other ways can he deliver the Santa's course line I don't think I don't think Spielberg I don't think it can't I don't think anybody else can save that man's acting yeah but that that's also you know that's not Hayden Christensen's fault have you that's, seen him in other movies. Uh, yeah, I've seen him in uh, what was that movie with Kevin Klein? Uh, Life as a House. Oh, I never saw that one. Uh, yeah, he plays like Kevin Klein's son. He's really good in that. I saw him in. Um, oh, I heard he's uh, that. That's like, Shattered Glass, which was pretty good too. And I, <laughs> I man, you must really fun. like him because man, you're being really kind to him, man. Because he is. And not... I thought he was really good in uh, Takers. Oh, you you are very kind, sir. You must. Yeah, you were very kind to him. Cause you ever seen he's Jumper? a Canadian boy, too, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. There he's a good go. Canadian boy. That's it. Right. <laughs> he could be a good Canadian boy, but he's a terrible actor. 
you know, but and here's the thing too with with that movie. I noticed that like he his he was greatly improved in uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith, especially like those opening battles with you know he seems like more looser until he kind of gets bogged down by the story a little bit, and then he kind of like goes back into like that kind of wooden Anakin. Mm-hmm. And but when he towards the end, once he starts like unleashing the rage, especially with Obi Wan, <coughs> you know, man. He's pretty convinced. He's pretty convincible when he screams out that he that he hates Obi Wan. You know, that's pretty convincing. Yeah, that's I've only not seen I, that movie you know, once. You've only seen it once. Fuck, yeah. man, I saw that a couple times in theater. Yeah, that was like my my uh, redemption for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, I know. My buddy says that too. He's like, "Oh, you got to watch it again." I'm like, a hard time getting past the second one, man. They like, say you want to watch them in order. It's like a bunch of politics, and then by the time it gets to there, I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm out." <laughs> I'm like, I'll just go back to the original. Like, if I were to show my kids, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even show them the prequels. I'll just go four, five, and six, and then Force Awakens. Yeah, I guess that's the other thing too. I, I would probably do the same thing because, um, something that kind of it, it always kind of bothers me in movies. Like when you have such a, you know, an iconic villain like Vader, I don't want to, I don't want to really see what I don't want to see his backstory. Because it, it ruins the illusion after. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of like Hannibal Lecter. It's like you got like this iconic character like that. You don't need to show me about how he was like when he was a child or, you know, when he was a teenager. Because it just kind of ruins everything. And I think I get the same effect. Yeah, with, Rob Zombie uh, did that with Michael Myers, too. It's like, I don't care. I didn't really see how he grew up as a kid. No. And I get the same effect from um, Bates Motel. I don't, I, you know, like Norman Bates was a creepy character. I don't really need to see him as a teenager. Right. Yeah, like we're we're gonna show you how he became. Like no, like they try to do that with the Omen, you know, like show him how what's he what's he doing now or whatever. It's like, like dude, he's the son of Satan. Like, just why? Why do we need to know the back? No, yeah, leave it. Just, just leave it yeah. up to your audience to figure it out. Yes. You, you know, the, their imagination is gonna is gonna work a lot more than what you're gonna put on screen because it could go anywhere. And you know, with the movie, it's like, well, we can't do this and we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And if we're making this guy the focal point of the movie. We can't have our we can't have the villain be the, voc- the the focal point of the movie, so we have to kind of make him the good guy at this point. So we have to introduce somebody who's even quote unquote badder than him right. to kind of cheer for this guy. But you're losing sight of the fact that you're supposed to be you know booing this guy, you know, in a few films down the line. Mm-hmm. And then so yeah, we got the new one coming out. Right? So are you getting a little more excited now that it's right around the corner? I am five days yeah. away. Uh, I got my tickets ready. Getting which, which, uh, when are you going? Uh, we're going the Friday nights. Uh, okay. IMAX 3D. Oh, uh, nice. I was trying to get tickets for the Thursday showing, but mm-hmm. uh, there weren't any in the city, um, uh, or at least there weren't any now because now I could I could see they're playing it like somewhere uh, close by, and like, but it's like a shitty little theater that I don't really want to go and see. Like, yeah, you don't want to experience it like that. 3D yeah. IMAX in yeah. some sub run theater. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, it's playing for... at the theater that the fire alarm went off at when I Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> You're like, no, no thanks. <laughs> my buddy got scored tickets for Thursday. We're going to Thursday at 1040 showing at night. I'm like, oosh. Hope I can stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like reserved seating, so it's like we know we got a good seat, so that's what's nice. Actually, what they're doing now is what they did with last year with The Force Awakens was like um, uh, the movie opens Friday. And the first showing is at like 6 a.m. in the morning. Whoa. Is that right? Yeah. So oh, I would totally do that. Uh, 
for like the first two or three weeks, they're doing like, or maybe maybe like the first two weeks, they're going to do like showings from like six o'clock a.m. onward until about long. midnight. You think it'll hit one hundred fifty? There domestically, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, they're already calling for um, predicting at least. 250 to 350 worldwide in its first weekend. Uh, so this movie's going to make money. We're, it's just how much money it's going to make. And as long as people don't like, you know, have those wild, you know, expectations that this is going to do like Force Awakens money, right. uh, they'll be fine. I, I could see this movie probably clearing 300 million domestically. Where do you come at? Are you excited? Are you I'm all right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it next Thursday. I got one of those Thursday showings too. Oh, you got one too? Yeah. Where at? So, um, it's at the Carlsbad Carlsbad one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. The one with the the reserved seating. So. Yeah, yeah. And the the Vista one's doing it too now. Like half the theaters renovated to like um, reserved seating now. So eventually it'll be all like that. But uh, I, I I'm starting to prefer it. A friend of mine sold me on it last year. He's like, just just reserve seats, man. That's yeah, it. It's so like, much easier. Yeah, so you can get better. there like a minute late and. and you know, a couple minutes later, you'll still, you know, your seat's there. It's just. Oh, and he's so like, and then nicer. be a dick to somebody about it, too. And I was like, uh-huh. why? It's like, somebody's in your seat. Just say, nope, nope. Got my tickets uh-huh. right here. Oh, yeah. Man, what was that? We were watching, uh, nobody we were watching The Witch. And these people just obviously, you know, didn't buy tickets, sat down. We're like, sit down. I'm like, oh, fuck, and all these are my seats. These are our seats. And he's like, what do we do? I'm like, watch this. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are our seats right here. Yeah, we got them reserved. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't know. They sat down in front of us, these other two seats, and those were reserved. And I'm like, these motherfuckers, like, how they don't they? get it. Yeah. I was like, dude, these are all reserved. I, I, I can't believe that the second seats they chose were, were, were taken as well, because there were that many people in it. But still, it's funny that I'm like, eventually, I think they left, I think, because somebody else might have. I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, because they always go in there with their clipboard and count the seats, you know? Right. So they obviously check them. So I'm surprised they even got away with it. I think that with the reserved seat, you, it's harder for people to. Go in and, and, uh, and sneak into other movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what uh, did you guys do this weekend? That's still in the middle of the weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The middle, I guess, the week. I guess. Yeah, I'm so used to saying the weekend. Yeah. If we won't know until next week, huh? Uh, well, this past week was work and uh, doing research on the next episode of the After Midnight Podcast. And once all that uh, research was done. That's when I started plowing through all those uh, movies we reviewed tonight. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. That's nice that you have all that time. I don't have time to do that anymore. I remember that I tried to squeeze in the movies I was supposed to watch. It was a while when it's at nighttime, but like I said, I'm falling asleep. So, Well, remember I told you I was going to do like one a day? Well, that right. didn't happen. So yeah. I started <laughs> watching the movies like Thursday. Yeah. So I watched the Oasis one Thursday, and then Friday I did the, the homework. And then today I knocked out like two in the morning, left, went to go run some errands, uh, came back, made some lunch, and then watched like uh, another three this afternoon. So you went from the good, good, middle, and then to the, to the bad. Actually, yeah, the, the ones that I watched this afternoon were like, oh, no, uh, the Electric Boogaloo one was pretty good. But I yeah. started off this afternoon with the... Uh, with the neon demon, that's when I was like, "Fuck, it's gonna be rough." Now, do you uh, what we do? You do what we call programming to movies, where it's just it, you essentially just watch it in the background while you're doing something else. Or- uh, no, no. It's like when I'm on here, I I don't do that with movies I've never seen. 
Oh, okay, cool. But movies that I have seen, yeah, I'll throw them on in the background and do something else. But like when I'm watching a movie for the first time, I want to give it my undivided attention because I don't want to be one of those you know, idiots that's like, oh, what happened here? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about being that idiot. Now pause and rewind <laughs> all day long. <laughs> but then, see, that's the thing. It's like we, I could do that, but then I'm going to be, con- <clears throat> I'm gonna be constantly the- doing it and it's going to take me even longer to watch the movie. Well, that's the thing. I, for me, if it can make me stop doing what I'm doing, then it's a good movie. And so it's part of my ratings, like part of how I rate a movie. If it's, if it's good enough to pull me away from whatever the fuck I'm doing, all right, then it's getting at least a dollar. <laughs> if, I, yep. if, I, if I can't stop, then if I, don't, if I don't find it worth the time to rewind it, it's probably going to be a waste of time. With certain movies, I don't want to do that because I don't want to spend the time going back. Like the Neon Demon today. There were many times I wanted to just get up and go to the bathroom, and, but I was like, no, I'm going to pause it. So that way I'm not going to be like, uh, sure. whatever. And not only that, I don't want to spend the time to go back and watch. Because there were times during this movie I wanted to tap out and just like say, fuck it. Yeah. I don't want to see this movie ever again. I was like, okay, I'm going to get to the end of this movie. And the same thing with Don't Breathe This Morning. It was like towards the end. I was like, fuck, when's this movie going to end? <laughs> Is anybody really going to be mad at me here today if I didn't fully watch Don't Breathe or Neon Demon? No, but yeah. I wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Better man than me, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what, what did you guys, because I still didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode. What were your thoughts on uh, – the neon demon. Yeah, I um, I told you, yeah, you didn't like it either, huh, Tony? I think I gave it a pass. Like, yeah, I, I think, think I remember did. I I because I, I dug the visuals. The, the visuals were it's 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 you know mother. Tony has a rating system, so if it covers it all, <laughs> it averages out to a I've certain got, like, number. Metrics and shit, and yeah, I had a metrics. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't use them every time, but they are kind of like in the back of my head. Uh, but it was like it was Nicholas Winden Refn's look, and I it's it's always his, I dig his look. It was definitely cool, um, and I always like movies that um, have like a s- subtle symbolism, symbolism, and and like make you think. And and you, if you're talk if I talk about the movie after the movie, it's gotta give it. I gotta give it some credit for that. You know, if it's making me think. Um, so I think I gave it a dollar. I, because I, as as a whole, I was like, you know what? I was entertained um, just by the fact that I was trying to figure things out or whatever. Um, I'd like I totally acknowledge that there was some shifty acting and there's some, <laughs> some some. It was drawn out, but uh, like it was it was too long. There was some definitely dead. There was dead. <laughs> Too long, and the movie was not even two hours. By the way, I think it was the movie was like what an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it, it felt like forever, I'm sure. Yeah. It felt like I was watching, like, uh, The Ten Commandments or something. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, see, if you, yeah, if you watch his movies, too, you you kind of already you already know what you're getting into, you know? You're going to get that slow drawn, you know, like, uh, it's got a 6.3 on IMDb. Huh. 6.3 on IMDb? Yep. Yeah. I think, you know these what? people? <laughs> I remember now, I, I'm pretty sure on the podcast, um... I was going to give it a waste, but somehow I realized while talking that I ended up talking uh, talking it up too much. I was like, I, I got to give it a dollar. Oh, you, you talked yourself, you talked yeah. yourself into it. Then. Yeah, I yeah. talked myself into it. Totally. I, I've, I've heard people talking themselves out of movies. It was like um, – it was a couple of – it's in August. I went to go see uh, Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad with my friend uh, Jeff and his wife. So, you know – 
were in the theater and they did something in the theater that we they don't normally do with the guy like the usher came in and, and told us ahead of time there's an after credit scene at the end of the movie so don't leave yeah so we get through the whole entire movie and as soon as the lights come up the, the, the after credit scene still didn't come up the lights went up and people were already getting out of the theater you know so it's like nobody wanted to stay for it so we yeah. watched and we left so his wife had to go to the bathroom so we're just out in the hallway and um there was like a group of teenagers right beside us and they were in the theater with us. Yeah. And they were like talking like, Oh, this movie was amazing. It was, it was so good. Da, 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 da. And they were like, and then they were like, yeah, but you know, I didn't like this part. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. <laughs> and as we're listening, they were just started talking themselves down throughout the whole entire thing. That by the time <laughs> when his wife came back out and we left, they were like, yeah, the movie was just okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we left and my friend Jeff's like, what do you think? I was like, I fucking hated this movie. It sucked. <laughs> Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, that's but a, no, that's 20... about the experience you have with that movie. Right. Yeah. There's things you like about it, yeah, but then you start you start breaking it down, you're like, Oh god, but I really don't like this and mm-hmm. I hate this, but I really want to like this, but I just did this and yeah, it's just I really wish I would have seen the actual like cut that the director wanted to make, you know. I don't even I don't even know if that's gonna help. All I know is people are telling me, Oh, you're gonna like this better than uh than Batman v Superman. Yeah, I, I thought Batman I, v Superman was good. Yeah. Really? I liked it. Well, yeah, it wasn't like the greatest movie, but it was like I was entertained. Entertained, right. right. I, was more, I was more entertained with Suicide Squad. <laughs> you don't sound too convinced by that. Yeah, yeah, I would rather watch Suicide Squad. <laughs> a few minutes, I was entertained. I, I, I think I remember saying it was like you could watch the YouTube clips and be entertained. The, the rest of it was just filler. Oh, well, like I said, it was entertained. It was like I liked the beginning with the um, – uh, the Batman in the uh, in the house with all the the Chinese women and shit, where he's kind of like hanging in the corner. Do you remember, remember that? that? I don't even remember that at all. That's like you're playing the video look, game. The cop comes in looking for him, like because they hear something upstairs, and like the the house is dark, so like he's he's shining his flashlight, and they see some guy like a handcuff to like a furnace or something. And as he's going, you see it, like he's going through a corner, and you could see kind of Affleck hanging in the corner. And that's when he sees him and starts shooting, and that's when he's kind of like crawling along the walls and makes his way out. That shit was cool. Wow. The fight scene at the end that. was cool. You know, the movie had a lot of flaws. You know, like I thought the whole thing with Justice League, it's it was too it was forced in. Obviously, oh, boy, they didn't yeah, need that in the right. movie. I think they just needed Wonder Woman, you know, Superman and Batman. That's it. The, re- the thing with Justice League is the the Trinity: Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. The only ones that count. Everyone else in the, in the Justice League is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. You know that's why they have like a rotating roster, but the main three always stay the same. Yeah. So to me, it doesn't matter who you put in; you could just introduce them somewhere else. You know, as long as you just establish these three at this point, that's all that matters. They didn't, I didn't need to see uh, whatever that fucking doofus was. Um, Flash. Yeah. Well, whatever his real name is. Oh, Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Yeah. Fuck that kid. You like uh, that? I don't know. He just, he just something about him just fucking annoys me. He's Canadian. Watch it. <laughs> Is he? No, hold on. Should I see what he'd say? <laughs> I love him already. Sorry. Um, no, what is, yeah. Oh, he was great. And even when uh, about Kevin. Jason Momoa was like, oh, what? What is? What is? The, what is the point of this guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be cool to drink. I don't know, but I'm not even excited for Justice League. I, they, 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 I don't know. I watched Man of Steel again. Kind of dug it, but. We should have had a Man of Steel too, not this. Co- co- I mean, that's well, it's it's coming, so yeah. that's a good thing. 
but it's, it's yeah. still coming. Yeah, but yeah, I you're not ex- you're not excited for Wonder Woman. That one that was pretty cool, but like I said, DC they got to really do they got to really knock it out of the park for me to be interested in a DC movie. Like I love their animated movies; those are always great. Um, if they could make movies like that, I'd have way more fun time. But yeah, that one was just. The and then Wonder my buddy, Woman we watched the ultimate director's cut too, and uh, a Batman Superman, and made, it was longer. It didn't make it any better at all. I'm like, I just made a, a bad movie it, worse. It did, it, it did a little, a few little things that kind of helped. Like, you know, we actually got to see, you know, Clark Kent doing investigative. You got to actually see him do his job this time. You know, instead of just hanging out in the bullpen, like arguing with Perry White, you actually saw him go out into the field and, like, you know, interview people. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was wasn't the greatest movie ever. But like I thought it was a lot better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I uh, agree, disagree. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we got a bunch of movies to look forward to. Um, like next year, like just you know these trailers, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, got War of the Apes, got Kong Skull Island. I'm I'm excited for that too. Um, uh, there's just a lot of cool movies coming out. So. Um, 2015 for me, Mad Max Fury Road was the best. So if I, I might make the Black and Chrome edition be my number one for 2016, <laughs> nothing else comes out. But I think I have a feeling La La Land might take my number one spot for uh-huh. reading scene. Yeah, so that'd be very interesting. I, I, that's what I'm looking forward to next week. That's what I will watch. So hopefully, I think it's premiering in New York and LA this week, but then I think it opens wide next week. So hopefully, I get to catch it next week. Um, I think that's to wrap it up. We're getting there almost to think of the three hour mark here. So I want to say, Danny, thanks for joining us, man. That was a lot of fun. I'm sorry we couldn't be the original three, the OG three here yeah. ourselves. And, uh, but, uh, we'll have you and back again. Out to four hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame too, just... because, uh, I was hoping to meet Harley today and maybe next time work something out, get him on the show. But I know that's that, what, yeah, that, that meeting. will have to too. wait for another time. Yeah. It's it to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> but no yeah is there, um, where can we find you on the internet um, just go on Facebook uh, look for the After Midnight Podcast uh, we keep everyone up to date on uh, who's coming on what we're going to be talking about and sometimes we post links to like other news stories that uh, we may be touching on in the near future uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at After Midnight 66 you could uh, email us at aftermidnightpod at gmail.com and uh, once again if you want to subscribe to the show head on over to iTunes, Stitcher or Beyond Pod or just head over to shoutengine.com slash the After Midnight Podcast and you can listen to all the episodes there. All 26 of them. Yeah buddy. That's right. Go on there and subscribe man. Really good stuff right there for sure. Um, like I said Dane, thanks again for joining us man. That was awesome. Hope you had, hope you had fun. Welcome back anytime. Like I said hopefully we get Harley back and yeah, we'll work it out. yeah, for sure. Um, but that's where we usually have our our uh, what we say at the end, Tony. But it's, it's we're missing guys, <laughs> so I don't know how, to, don't know how we say it. Right. <laughs> do you want, you want to try it anyways? You want to do? You want to play Harley's part? I'll, I'll play Harley's sure. Part. So yeah, what are we? What are we going to do? So I usually say I'm being your host, Fonda, saying we ride together. You say okay. you watch Bad Boys, <laughs> Danny. I haven't seen Bad Boys in like 20 years, so I don't know. Okay. First, you need to fix that ASAP right away. Joe Carnahan's working on the third one. It's going to be, hopefully, sounds pretty awesome. So, your line is we die together, and then MCP finishes. So, if you're ready, it's happening. Your boy Fallon said we ride together. We die together.
MCP, bad boys for life.